We are here. <laughs> Barely, but we're here. <laughs> we are. We made it. Good night, did. Yeah, good night, did for us. Uh, yes. Maybe, welcome. maybe still for some people by the time I get this out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Probably. At least for some people somewhere. Somewhere. Somebody somewhere, it'll be a Gunaiden. Yes. <laughs> so true. Uh, so, hi, you guys. Welcome to Dizzy for DZ. I'm Kristen. I'm Ashley. And we are talking about Senchal Kapama 14 today. Yes. Um, a little later than usual, but we gave you a heads up about that. I was gone all weekend. Um, mm-hmm. But I did manage to get the episode watched um, with subs, which I didn't think I was going to get to do while I was gone because we were gone, of course. But right. um, Jason wound up going like off-roading with um, the people we rented the cabin from. We know them. So mm. um, the someone else, someone else that we know lives nearby. And so he took Jason like jeeping and off-roading and I was more than willing to go, but I was like, why don't you go first um, just to make sure – because I'll get car sick depending on oh. how like rough the terrain is. And yeah. I didn't want to like ruin their fun by like half an hour into it being like, can you yes. take me back? So – and he like felt bad because he's like, well, no, like we're on this trip together. And I was like, well, just go have fun with Alan. Like it's fine. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do while he's gone? I'm going to get Central Cop of a watch. Nice. <laughs> so I was yeah. so glad I remembered to download it to my computer because – yeah, because you guys were not in Wi-Fi range, right? No, no, okay. no internet. So yeah, um, yeah, nice. Hey, so, yeah, we got it. Too. So we, we we haven't missed an episode yet. So I know. I'm so proud of us. That's all that matters <laughs> to me. So proud of us. Um, so yeah, just a little bit of housekeeping. Nothing crazy, but um, I just first wanted to say, not that she listens, but to wish a healthy get well wishes to. L Jean because she came back COVID positive. Yeah. And I'm sure by now everybody knows this, but because we only got the one fragment for this episode, but I think it's because filming got pushed behind mm. because then the whole crew had to take two days off while they all got tested, which right. obviously we care about their health and safety more than a fragment. So yeah. Um, yeah. you know, but I'm I just hope that the episode does okay. Because they haven't really been promoting it that much either on top mm. of not having a fragment. So I'm like, okay, ratings, please hold tight because Fox, yet again. Oh, a- I know. Acts- They're just chopping mm-hmm. shows left and right. Yes. It's crazy. It was – the what did they just ask? Oretman? Yes. Uh, and is it Chati Kati Ashk? Is that a Fox show too? No, that's um, Connell D. But oh, okay. honestly – Connell D has been way more like they're the ones that usually are like buy you're done, and oh. they like with this one. This show has not had good ratings at all the entire like time. From it's the start, aired. yeah. And Ashley, they switched leading ladies to try to like. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that is really trying to breathe some life into something yes wow so we're like they did all of this whereas normally they're the channel that's like axe 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 goodbye and so like when our shows wound up at fox and i was like look at us we're covering two fox shows i was like yay like they have shows that go on for seasons like this is amazing will be wonderful and then it was like cancel 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 (laughs) yeah so i'm like holy cow and you know dz law pointed out like they just had that whole mipcom thing which is like the international 
selling, you know, of DZs and stuff to mm-hmm. other – to be able to stream and air in other countries. And when they presented Oretman, they were like, oh, this show is going to go into May, at least 30 episodes, blah, blah, blah. That's like literally what they just marketed it as. And wow. then like not even two weeks later, barely a week later, they're like, goodbye. And and the only reason they got a three-episode uh, buffer was because they were already filmed, right? Yep. Exactly. Gosh, that's exactly. crazy. Yep. So they're just going to air the episodes that they basically already had in stock. Like, I also but, heard that that Fox just has too many shows right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're producing more shows than they have the actual airspace for. Yep. So I'm like, what? what's wrong with you? <laughs> just promote the shows that you do have. Right. And wait for the shows that you – like, yeah, get those kind of waiting for once you – do lose a show for an actual good reason. Right. And then start actually producing that show that can get good airtime. Yeah. One well, the other thing too is like I think I said this in a previous episode. I think it was in our Bayonlish episode, our finale episode. I said there's no way it is cheaper to keep restarting brand new shows. There's no way. Than it is to maintain a show that's already like in production. Like, right. you know, you've got contracts and stuff for the actors that, mm-hmm. you know, all has to be agreed upon for their wages. You've got a whole new crew you need to pay. You've got new sets to find, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that versus a show where the actors are already under contract. You already know what you're paying them. You right. Are you already, already have your sets established. Like, yes. everything is already just there. Yep. And again, we've said this too, we are obviously not remotely professionals. We're speaking from, you know, just our observers. We are podcast professionals. (laughs) Yes, that is true. (laughs) But it sounds like maybe we could be, um, maybe we could start a DZ channel and maybe show them how it should be done. I don't know. Kristen will be the writer. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what I'll be, but I'll be something. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'll direct people. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But yeah, like I just my thing is just like oh, I don't know. And then I don't know much about this, so I won't go into it, but there's like there's other rumors going around of some shady stuff that they're like that Fox is trying to like tuck under the rug. So I don't know if there's going to be more stuff that comes out about that, like oh, having gosh. to do with these like crazy abrupt cancellations or what. Like but like just stop you guys like come on like just let your shows air and don't be jerks because my thing too is like why is any production company going to want to fight for you to air their show anymore if this is the reputation you're now setting up for yourself is yeah they're just going to stop pitching to fox exactly because it's like oretman okay they had like sixes and sevens and then they went into the threes for two weeks and they're canceled And we already know with Bayonlish, there wasn't any kind of major dipping. It was pretty steady its whole time. And they still didn't even give it a warning. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Hmm. So I'm a little little worried (laughs) for the future of our little show. But well, anyways. We'll just keep going as long as we can. Yes. Yes, we can. Yes, we will. Um, So that – that was way more housekeeping than I had intended uh, to go in that direction, but that's okay. Um, I just wanted to throw out there too. I, we don't mention this much because we don't ever want to sound like we're trying to like push stuff on you guys. Um, but I did add a few new items to the merch store last night. Um, we have some trucker hats and 
Um, we have a Bayonlish design that we added in there a couple of weeks ago. Um, and of course, we have our Sercon Drain the Pool design that you guys seem to really, really love. <laughs> I keep seeing mugs pop up all over Twitter and Instagram. So <laughs> we we also have some designs pending. So Ooh. Yes. New designs. I, yes. We have our lovely designer, Matt. Uh, I've been chatting with him because <gasps> – Yay. Yeah, we've kind of been gathering some ideas. So just uh, – yeah, just so you guys know. Stay tuned, have, I guess. Yeah. Ashley handles most of that because she knows Matt, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're, that's exciting. We're internet friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, that's pretty much all my friends these days besides you. <laughs> And a lot of times you're my internet friend too because we have to record virtually. So <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, so that was it. And then I just wanted to also read really quickly. Right after um, we aired last week's episode on 13, mm-hmm. we got a message from a fan, a listener, who um, explained further about the meaning behind FA's name. And okay, I saw that and that's amazing. Right? So Oh my gosh. So good. I was like, dang it. I part of me wanted to like go in and like add it to the episode because we had like just released it. Right. But I was like, no, I'll just wait till next week. I don't feel like <laughs> editing and doing all of that. But so uh Monique sent us this and she said, after you spoke about FA's name, I looked it up as well. According to Wikipedia, F.A. was a term given to fighters with guerrilla tactics, which does indicate irregular fighting and sabotage, interesting, uh, which is tandem with his actions, as he is constantly searching for information and these unknown phone calls, etc. His last name, Akman, is also an old Turkish word that means attacking units of the army. I honestly thought that there was no symbolism about his name, but this is deep and makes me wonder about his role in the DZ. It's definitely more than I expected. I was getting Fabri vibes from him, and this just indicates more towards that. So, Monique, thank you so much. That is crazy. I know. It's – yeah. I mean, good on her for doing that research, and it (laughs) – it certainly puts a more insidious vibe into F.A.'s character, and I was, which, I mean, is understandable. And right. once again, Aisha, have the Italians hurt you? <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, my gosh. I'm cracking up. Well, and it's funny, too, because um, – a few weeks back when I was like, look at all these I names, like I Don, I Fair, mm. I Soon is, you know, uh, Edda's mom's name, as we found out. And well, then Yilda's is Star, uh, Yildrum is Lightning, mm. like it's mm. all these, yeah. Yep. But it was funny too because it was like, what's with all these I names? But she technically has an I name too, Aisha. Like – Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even think of that till last night. Um, <laughs> I Yeah. Anyways, I just – props to her. Just the fact that she thinks even down into, like, these people's names. Like – Yeah. I mean, anyways. So I was yeah. like, we have to share that because that was really good insight. Yeah. I, um, I need to make sure I keep this, but <laughs> – so my brother – my brother, he's my brother-in-law, but his girlfriend has oh, started yay. our Kenji Koosh. 
And she is hooked. She just sent me a voice message because she's on episode seven and she's like flipping Ooh. out. And I <laughs> I just love it. Like she is – I mean, my mother-in-law watched our Kenji Kush too, mm-hmm. but she like zoomed through it. She's so funny. She told me a couple times, she's like, she's like, yeah, some of the episodes I, I didn't even read all the subtitles. I would just have it on in the background. <laughs> what? Like, what are you talking about? Because that's just not how I operate. Well, and but your mother-in-law does not speak Turkish, right? No. So. <laughs> no. But she's just funny. I think just because they were so long, I think uh-huh. she just wanted to keep going. Maybe it was just the Mahale scenes. I was just going to say, well, we even skipped – we started skipping Mahale scenes. So, yeah. I mean, I can't but, blame I mean, her there. But I mean, not the first time I watched it. I don't think I skipped anything the first time I watched the whole series. So, anyway, she was like – she had heard about the podcast and uh, – sorry, this is uh, his girlfriend. And she was asking me about it. And I was like, well, you know, I can find you subtitled episodes if you mm-hmm. want, if you're actually interested. I was like, but no no pressure, no rush. Mm-hmm. And so I explained. She's like, okay, well, what's the difference between the two shows? Because uh, I was like, well, yeah, we're currently covering uh, Senchal Kabama, but the mm-hmm. first show that we ever did was called Arkenji Kush. We also covered a show called Bayonlish, so I kind of explained everything. And she started EK, and she, she's she's watching it every single night, and she is totally hooked, and I love it. So I was, like, really excited to have another real-life person. Who- yeah. <laughs> In the family, even, maybe. like I know. I know. I want to – I want to – tell my brother be like marry her uh-huh. <laughs> oh my she goodness. likes dz's she's wife material <laughs> amen i mean that's a good it's a good indicator i mean yeah she's got great taste mm-hmm. obviously obviously i love that so much um well i got yeah like i got one of mine and ashley's favorite authors like hooked on oh my gosh that is amazing and i (laughs) yeah i was like okay you know just like you whenever we like share this information with someone i'm always like listen there's (laughs) like if you're interested like here's how Uh you can watch it no pressure but you know especially especially for the podcast too like yes like, she had asked about that, and I was like, well, you don't have to listen. She's like, I'm going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, keep going. No. So, you know, I don't even remember how it came up. We were just – we were talking in, like, in messages on Instagram, and um, and it, it did kind of come up because I pointed something out about, um, like, something you and I always say and do. Mm. And then I was like, but, you know, on our podcast. But I was like, it's a super niche podcast, like – you know, it's not like for everyone to listen to. It's a very specific interest, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And so, you know, and I was like, it's about these Turkish TV shows that we're obsessed with and blah, blah, blah. But I did say like, you know, I believe romance readers really would love DZs, at least the yeah. rom, at least the rom-coms, you know? Sure. And, and some people would love the dramas as well. Absolutely. They are just not guaranteed HEAs. So totally. like – you know, tread lightly there if that's what you're looking for, folks. Right. Um, or like ask somebody. <laughs> or yeah, ask someone who has seen it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. And so, but I was like, but you know, like, 
again, I can point you in the right direction as to where mm-hmm. to watch them. And and then all of a sudden, and I literally left it at that. I expected nothing to come of it because I was mm-hmm. like, she's going to open this up, see that one episode is like two and a half hours and be like, yeah, right. Like, I know. always assume that too. Well, I'm like, I mean, and I'm she's like, a- there. Well, yeah, she's bus- very busy. Yeah, she's not a like not like she's running an empire. Or I anything. know. <laughs> I know. She like owns the. She owns uh, bakeries. She writes books. She's yeah. got kids. She's got you know. So I was like, yeah, this is not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> getting this like slew of messages. <laughs> I love and she's it. like, I'm on episode oh eight. Gosh. And I'm like, episode eight? Like <laughs> she probably didn't even sleep. She, like, <laughs> she was like, um, I had to like explain to my husband like I have to be present because I think my husband thinks I'm just like a ghost. Like <laughs> I'm telling you, people Americans are sleeping on Dizzy's. They know. just don't understand they the really power. Don't. They don't. The power. Oh my gosh, I freaking love it. I love it. So I was like, so I was like, Ashley, you're never gonna believe this. <laughs> I was like, guess who's watching Senjaku? Oh, I love it. Oh my goodness. So yeah. So then she's she caught up all the way. To also, by the way, if you're listening, I'm really sorry for being super awkward at that book signing that we were at. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Abby. I'm just an awkward person. <laughs> oh, Sorry. I hate it so much. Listen, I'm I was so socially inept. Listen, you guys. I was worse. Okay. Ashley and I stopped. Kristen, no, don't even don't. <laughs> Kristen's like, I'm so weird, and and she's just like really excited, gets really excited, and people are like, Oh my gosh, you're so cute! I love you so much. I just stand there and don't say anything, and then people look at me like I'm a freaking serial killer. Don't even act like you're so weird. <laughs> When we were at well, the bakery okay. next door. I guess. But you're just an enthusiastic person. And generally that reads as as very endearing. Like <laughs> people aren't like, oh my gosh, can you calm down? They're like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're quiet and your brain freezes up and you don't know what to say to people, <laughs> then people look at you like, oh, hi, is, when is this interaction going to be over? <laughs> That is that is my life. So there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh, poor Ashley. I'm a I I'm sorry. That's just that's my brain. I but you know I, what? It's a good balance because then you can reel me in when I'm getting like out of control, crazy, like right. like overly. There is such a thing as overly enthusiastic, and that's I true. can generally tread that line pretty well. So. <laughs> And then I can be like, I can just talk for you like, hey, this is my friend Ashley, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know. Yeah. I'm just in real life. I'm super even keeled, you guys. I'm pretty I'm pretty quiet. Unless you get me on a topic that I'm comfortable with or that I'm super interested in. And then I'll it, start like, a, the, the then you'll start a podcast time. about them. Exactly. <laughs> because guys, this podcast was Ashley's idea. So it, oh, it was, huh? See, mm-hmm. this – oh, anyway. We've, That's – like, yeah, I know. We, we've <laughs> we wandered off topic. <laughs> anyway, we love DZs. Yes, uh, we in do. In case that wasn't <laughs> obvious. Listen, it's early in the morning. 
I've had like three sips of coffee. I am not fully caffeinated. So the fact that we've even been able to drone on like this is a feat in and of itself. Anyways, thank you, sister-in-law, almost sister-in-law, kind of sister-in-law, brother-in-law's girlfriend, whatever you want to call her. We adore (laughs) you. We're so glad you're watching DZs. Abby, we're so happy you're watching DZs. Yes, we are. Um, Anyways, so I guess we could – yeah, we're 20 minutes in. I know. Let's talk about the episode. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we knew this was coming Mm -hmm. because of the way last week ended. Mm -hmm. Um. So, you know, we kind of had a dark cloud looming even over 13 because as of 12, we officially knew everything. Yeah. Um, You know, and so 13 ended on a very emotional note, props to our boy Karem because he just yeah. – uh, And then even in this opening scene because we don't actually – thank goodness it doesn't make us relive that horrible yes, scene of him, that. of him crying again. Um, but we do open up still to a broken robot who mm-hmm. he's kind of pacing at this point and I think he's just trying to absorb everything. And his parents, of course, are like, let's go check on him. And then Idon asks him the stupidest question in the world. Are you okay? Mm. Yeah. You yeah. just you just you just basically shattered his universe, but yes, he's fine. Yeah. It's it's all good. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm a little salty about his parents this week because I'm like, oh, are you having fun having an at-home date night making your Monty while your son is like falling apart? Good. I'm so glad for you. <laughs> yeah, I I I I'm I'm not quite as bitter against them, but I I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he Poor baby, he is in denial. He's totally in denial. Yes. And he basically, um, I keep wanting to say refuses, but it's not refuses. It's the opposite of refusing. He's adamant about (laughs) seeing these documents Mm -hmm. and seeing them himself, talking to the company, because he essentially refuses to believe that they could be responsible for her parents' death. He just can't wrap his mind around it, and who can blame him? Right. I think he even says, this is too much of a coincidence for this to actually be possible. I have to see the documents myself. So after yelling at them Mm -hmm. and then telling them, go send Safi to to get the stuff, they finally relent and they leave him alone. Well, before that, though, Idon tries to tell him – you know, it's a mistake in the past. And he says, because of your mistakes, my past was already ruined. Mm. So I don't know if that was just him referring to the fact that they sent him away and he like lost his childhood or if it was an indicator of something else that we haven't been made aware of yet. Like maybe the way his brother died or because we still don't know how that happened either. Um, We still don't know. So that I thought was very indicative of something. And then number two – as, you know, they're trying to say, oh, it's a mistake of the past, and he gets another surge of, like, anger and emotion, mm-hmm. he swipes across the coffee table, and I wrote, he breaks the globe that Edda got him, and I wrote, how fitting, because his world just shattered, too. Like, I know. So it was just such a, it's like that physical embodiment of his world shattering, and then the globe breaking. Yeah. And it just, yeah. oh. Yeah, so I don't know if you noticed... Um, because in this next scene, mm-hmm. um, 
so Edda is red lipping it up mm-hmm. and looking gorgeous. And she even takes down the old Sercon picture and she puts up a new one and she puts that a little she just, lipstick heart. And she just happened to have it on hand. Oh. This- <laughs> This nice photo of him from the opening sequence, like, of the show. It's DZ World Convenience is yes, what it, it is. Yes, it is. And, of course, there's already stuff on the back to just stick it right on the wall, too. Uh-huh. Um, so then she heads out and she's talking to the the girls. Mm-hmm. They're all waiting for her because I guess she texts them all and she was like, hurry, come, I got to talk to you. And she's very excited and she tells them. All about Italy and about the fact that Sarah Khan bought a house, that they're going to be there together. And the girls, oh, I stinking love the girls. They're just so happy for her and they're I excited. Know. And they take the news very happily. Um, and they they love how in love she is. And it's just adorable. I um, agree. But – this part, because they're talking about iFair. Mm-hmm. And Fifi, they go through the five stages of grief. Yep. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but Serkan goes through all five stages in this entire episode. Yeah. And we we see that progression. Mm-hmm. And even um, – where was it? I wrote it down. Because – Celine is kind of doing the same thing. Um, we see, yeah, mostly Sercon and Celine are the ones who I noticed with this because mm-hmm. it almost felt like various people were all going through the same thing and were all kind of going through these different stages. But it was, to me, it showed up mainly with Sercon mm-hmm. the most and also kind of Celine with yeah. the whole re- yeah. end of her relationship a little Th- bit. That's a- that's true. I didn't think about Celine, but you're right. I mean, and Edda kind of is the one that helps her push her between a couple of those stages too. Yeah. Um yeah. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. well we go ahead. No, I was just going to say cuz we've already seen him in denial. Mm-hmm. Now he's in the anger phase. And then we watch him through the episode going through his bargaining, ugh, depression, and then acceptance. His version of acceptance anyways. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I mean, there had to – we knew there was a reason Fifi was bringing it up and that they even have the words pop up on the screen uh-huh. as she says them. So, yes. yeah. Good observation. Um you know, so they basically say, like, I fear I'll accept it eventually. She's just mm-hmm. going to, you know, she's just going to float through those those stages first. Um, so we go back to the Bolat household, and Sarkhan's now reading these documents, mm-hmm. um, which it's interesting to me that, I mean, granted, I know he ha- told them, like, go have Safi get the documents, whatever. But Safi doesn't know anything about this. So I, I was a little bit, like, so did Altakine and Idon get these for him, I'm assuming, and not Safi? Like That's be- what I assumed. Because how Idon was like, Sercon, we have the documents here. Like, and then he's like, Well, fine, I want to see them. So I assume that that was their way of showing us like Safi's not the one who got them because he still doesn't even by the end of this episode, he doesn't know what's going on. Right. Um, so okay. I just want to make sure that I didn't miss like a plot hole or anything like that. No, I assume the same thing. Okay. So, you know, they're he's looking through and he's like, okay, what's this Yolderum 
what is that about? And that's when Alptekin explains like, well, I'm not sure why, but you know, when her aunt took her internet after her parents died, like she changed their last name to Yildiz. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do find out about that later. But like we already kind of talked about, Yildirim means lightning mm-hmm. and Yildiz means stars. So again, just all that meaning held inside. Um, mm-hmm. And this is when Serkan says, I will not take on this responsibility. Yeah. And you know, when he said that, I know that was part of his denial, but also it is not his responsibility. It's not. He's right. And it uh I mean, there are so many different ways Alptakin could have gone about this once he got the information. And I don't know to say it wasn't wrong that he told Serkan because Serkan does deserve to know. Right. But it also is like you just dropped this on your son and now he has to figure out what to do with it. And that's kind mm-hmm. of a crappy move on your part because this is your responsibility. Yeah. Like – Yeah. And I don't know if it would have been better for him to tell Edda and Serkan together. I don't know if it would have been better for him to tell Edda first. I don't really know if there was a better way to go about this. This right. way just – this particular way just felt really crappy for Serkan. Um, mm-hmm. So. Okay. Um. So, Yeah. Anyway, sorry, guys. I had to pause really quick, so I lost my train of thought. But either way, I, I – You were talking about you don't know which way was the best way to tell yeah, him I don't, or them. I, yeah, I won't pretend to know which way was the best. This way just felt really crappy. I just – Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. sorry. I could say that over and over again. But – so when it comes down to it, though, Idon's like, well, you don't just get to not take on this responsibility because Edda deserves to know. Which right. is also right. <laughs> yes. But again, why is this on Sercon? Like, yes, because then she starts going on about you can't be with her. Uh, yes. And that was like, uh, no, she deserves to know, but why can't they be together? Like, well, and what she says, I agree with because she says happiness cannot be built on lies and deceit. Yes. It would be a pity for you and her. And I'm like, that's true. Yes. It but is. when t- once he tells her, then there won't be any lies or deceit anymore. <laughs> so you're wrong. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. that's all that needs to happen. The truth needs to come out. And then there are no lies and deceit. It's not mm-hmm. like he knew this beforehand. It's right. not like any of them knew this beforehand. Nobody, yes, the wrong is done, ha- right. was done back that long ago by the contractor. But the people immediately involved in this situation and in their relationship have not done anything wrong. No. Nope. So it's just – I'm like, your logic is flawed. Sorry. Yeah, it absolutely is. And Serkan's like, yeah, hi, you Goodbye. Yeah. And like storms out. <laughs> I love that he just says no. And then he leaves. Yep. He struts on out. And, you know, Altakin's like, I'm going to lose my son again. And Aidan's like, listen, let's just let him live in denial for a little bit. He'll get there. Um. So, oh, yeah. See, she even points out that he's in denial. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yep. Um. So, meanwhile, Edda and the girls are at the mall. She's trying to gift shop for Saracon. She wants to find him something. He calls her to ask what she's up to. And she's like, I'm with the girls at the mall. I'll be in the office afterwards. And he's kind of like, okay, see you. And she – you can tell in her face, like, she feels like something's off. But mm-hmm. she's like, okay, see you later then. Um. Yeah. And – but she lets it go. She doesn't really dwell on it. And mm-hmm. she continues to look for stuff. She and the girls kind of meet up and chat. They kind of make make fun of how many shoes Jaren has bought. 
Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, I'm still going to look for stuff for Sarah Consul. I'll meet up with you guys later. And the girls take off. Yeah. Well, so she starts wandering around. And again, <laughs> DZ magic because he was literally just at his house. <laughs> like and two minutes earlier. <laughs> and now he's at the mall. He teleported on over. Yes, he did. Um, and it's so funny because he's he sees her, but he doesn't make himself known. He just kind of follows from afar and, mm-hmm. you know, if obviously – little Sircon spying. Yeah, it's little little Sircon spying. Um, and, yeah, I wrote, look who's secretly at the mall watching his pericas. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, we switch over to art life to see how crazy things are with the whole – the holding and art life is all happening in the same place now. Yeah. Layla's super overwhelmed and Sarkhan hasn't shown up to work. And they're like, yeah, we're calling him and he's not answering. And Erdem is just kind of sitting there like, yeah, look at this chaos because <laughs> because Pearl comes in. She's like, hi, what's happening? Why Why do you look like that, Layla? Well, and, and, he's, and Erdem's all covered in sticky notes yes. from Layla. <laughs> yes. So – Pearl kind of starts to get a handle on the situation for them. She does. Um, also, she's a little stressed too, though. She's handling it, but you can tell she's like, oh, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's handling it because she has to. Right. Because yep. there's literally nobody, none nobody of the else. other bosses or partners there to take nope. care of things. So, but while she's doing all that, we get a surprise at the top of the stairs at the mall. It does getting yes. ready to go on the escalator and, um, She's like, what the heck? This is a surprise. And hugs him. And she's like, I missed you. And it's this sweet because she's like all happy and excited. And he's happy to see her. But again, he's got this dark cloud looming over him. Yeah, he has the saddest eyes. I was like, oh my gosh, poor sad-eyed Sarkhan. Because he's just looking at her like he knows the doom that awaits them. Yeah. And – Oh, man. It was just heartbreaking. Yeah, I agree. He was heartbreaking this whole episode. Even even when I was mad at him, like, Mm. I was heartbroken for him. Like, ugh. So, um... We get back to art life. Basically, the, the mm. two of them decide they're going to – he's like, I just want to spend time with you, so let's go. And they yeah. walk off with their arms around each other. And yeah. we're back at art life, and Angen comes back. So Yes, Angen's back. So thank goodness Anul's foot – although, did you notice – Hannah pointed this out. Hannah was like, did you notice he was wearing orthopedic shoes this entire episode? And I was like <laughs> – no. Oh, that's so funny. Because poor Unknown and his foot. <laughs> I noticed he was walking slowly and he had a tiny bit of a limp going on. Mm-hmm. Like during during the bowling scene, I was like, is he going to be okay bowling? <laughs> I know, poor guy. <laughs> I was all concerned for him. <laughs> Suffering for his art. Yeah. But he's back. He's going to help everything out. And then because he's a sweet baby angel, he mm-hmm. brought a teddy bear for parole. <laughs> And but, she, like, does not appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're going to say. I was like, this Kristen! is my- <laughs> Kristen, I was only 16. <laughs> yes. But I immediately. Oh I'm so did I. I had a- <laughs> The second parole was like, uh, like, she like side eyes the teddy bear. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, she like doesn't even appreciate his awkward thoughtfulness. And then I was like, oh, this is like giving me flashbacks to high school with Ashley. And I wasn't even sure if I was going to bring it up, but you knew what I was going to say. I knew exactly what you were going to say because I thought of the same exact thing. Oh, Oh my gosh. All right, do you do you want to tell the story or should I? If you're willing, you should tell the story. Because I was like, I'm going to just dance oh around it. That gosh. way if I – I was like, I'm going to dance around this. That way if I need to cut it out and she doesn't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, do you know all you had to do to dance around it was say okay? And then I immediately <laughs> knew what you were talking about. All right, guys, listen. Story time with Ashley. <laughs> okay, so I'm uh, – See, here's the thing. I, I'm not going to say that I'm not sensitive or, mm-hmm. like, emotional because I am. You are. But but I don't necessarily uh, – I'm not necessarily as sensitive as I uh, – how do I even explain this? Anyway, okay. So. Tell it. <laughs> I have a thought, but tell it. In high school, <laughs> I had a boyfriend – we were kind of on and off again a little bit uh, for like, gosh, two, three, four years. Um, and he was very sweet, but we didn't really communicate. Mm-hmm. And I was I was 16. Right. You know, that's the thing. We were both immature. We never fought during the entire course of our relationship because we just didn't talk about things. We didn't mm-hmm. talk about hard things if we had issues. I would be like, I'm fine. And then we would never talk about it again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he was afraid of me or what. But so I have this big old sweet 16 birthday party and it was 50s themed and it was it was fun actually. Like we people came in poodle skirts and the guys yes. dressed up in their I bet we could find a picture somewhere oh i can guarantee there's a picture floating around somewhere but my boyfriend at the time came to the party of course and his present for my birthday was this giant teddy bear it was like this huge life-size teddy bear and guys he (laughs) presented that to me and i was like (laughs) What is this? I was Pearl. I was like, why are you giving me a teddy bear as a, as a like you don't know anything else about me that you could think of something better to give me for my 16th birthday? And it was huge. It was like it as was big as me. Huge. And he like brings it up and he's all excited and I probably popped his balloon in the worst way <laughs> but I probably didn't even hide that I was like what are you doing giving mm-hmm. me this so now as an adult <laughs> 30s year old woman <laughs> I, I see Angan giving Pearl that little teddy bear and I'm like how cute <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, being on the receiving end, I think I was just like, what are you doing? And you know, when you're 16, you think you're like an adult and right. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was all in, 
anyway, I just, I, I did not appreciate it, and I gave him the exact same reaction. Yes, you did. Now, like you said, though, you were 16. Puddle's an adult. Right. Um, as an adult, I think you can understand the thought behind something more than the yes. immediate, like, what the heck is this? And, again, <laughs> you guys weren't right for each other. No, we were because, not. Because let me tell you, if I was sitting at your house right now hanging out with you and Eric walked in the door with a giant teddy bear and something thoughtful for you, I have no doubt in my mind you would be like, oh, my gosh, you're the sweetest man in the world. Like, Yeah, that's true. So – I think it all has to do with how right someone is for you as well. That's true. Uh, and, you know, yeah. So the immaturity of a 16-year-old who thinks they're too cool for, you know, being 16, as we all did. Right. And on top of the fact that, like you said, you know, it was a relationship <laughs> where you guys didn't communicate the best. So – and that's no. an indicator of it because I honestly don't think Eric would actually get you a giant teddy bear because he knows no. you. But yeah. – you know, uh, yeah. So yeah. It, it's just a combo of all those things. All that to be said, though, as soon as Peril had that face, I was like, oh, crap. This reminds me of Ashley's birthday party. Yep. Kristen was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyway, so moving on. Poor Peril. She's like trying to – she's like showing it to Celine. like – she's like, what? Like, okay. They're trying to like – she's not being a jerk about it. She's just like – Right. Okay, so he gave me this teddy bear. I'm puzzled is a very good word for Mm -hmm. it. So they're they're kind of like trying to figure out exactly what it means um, that he gave her a teddy bear. (laughs) And then F.A. walks in and I wrote who I'm already done with, although I do like his, you know, his haircut. Um, But he basically is like, hey, guys, how's it going? So it kind of breaks up the conversation. And it's basically indicated that there's a meeting that's supposed to be happening and Celine's overwhelmed because Sercon's mm-hmm. not there, Parole's overwhelmed, and F.A.'s like, well, I'm a partner. Why don't I help you? Like, mm-hmm. And Celine, I mean, I get it because technically he holds more shares than she does now. So right. she's kind of like, okay, well, you're here. Yeah, let's go do it. And they, you know, um, walk into this meeting basically. Yeah. So uh, we go over to uh, – Ed Sayre, and they're sitting at the edge of this cute little, like, fountain show. And Edda is just loving it. She's enthralled. Mm -hmm. And they have a little gift exchange. So, of course, Sarkon gives her the dress that she was eyeing, Mm -hmm. which is so adorable and thoughtful. So, do you notice, too, again, this could just be coincidence. This could just be coincidence. But it's a blue dress. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, the colors, the colors. Yeah. yeah. Because Sanem was wearing a blue dress right after everything hit the fan with mm. them. Mm-hmm. And granted, it was given to her by someone else, but she thought it was from John. Right. And then when they actually get back together, like five episodes mm-hmm. later, she's also wearing a blue dress. Um well, so, and during the Temple of Apollo scene, he gave her the blue mug. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen a little bit of symbolism already with the color blue. Yeah. And we I, – I do think that there is uh, stuff that Aisha does with color wardrobe yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, yes. Yep. So, I just wanted to point that out because so I was like, oh, man, because – oh, well, well, when we get to the end of the episode, if I remember, I'll bring up what I think. But Okay. Um. 
Anyways, so he gives her the blue dress. Of course, she's like, were you following me? And he says no, but I'm like, well, clearly you were. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's her turn, and mm-hmm. she got some tea, some herbs for Baba Bola to she's help so with thoughtful. his heart. Yeah. And, you know, it's cute because she encourages him to pursue the relationship. She's like, I know things aren't great between the two of you, but every every uh boy needs a father and i really appreciated that because Uh, mm -hmm. she can tell even from the outside that their relationship is a little fraught Mm -hmm. and that there needs to be some mending there so i really loved that she wanted him to encourage she wanted to encourage that and part of me too before he says, because, you know, when he obviously afterwards, he's just like, what kind of person are you? Like, just the f- fact that she's that thoughtful and thinking about that and wanting to encourage that. Also, though, in his face, when she says, every boy needs his father, I feel like, too, that kind of drove the dagger in a little more for him because it's like every kid needs their parents and right. she doesn't have hers. And I feel mm. like so it kind of was a double edged thing. Like he saw the sweetness and thoughtfulness in it. But maybe also realized she where she's coming from and having that thought is because she doesn't have hers. Right. You know? Um, yeah. That's a good point. So um, – and that's another interesting parallel is that Serkan has both of his parents and doesn't have the best relationship with them. Whereas, right. you know, by all indications, if Edda still had hers, they'd be very close. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So – Anyways, um, so yeah, after his whole like, what kind of person are you? You're a beautiful – and she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, you're just a beautiful person. Like he mm-hmm. just – again, it's like another repetition of him saying, I, are you real? Like mm-hmm. are you, how can you be real? Yeah. Um, but then Layla calls and – Yeah. Um, well, her his gift is a robot, by the oh, way. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. So, oh, duh. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Robo. But it's, yeah, uh-huh. Robo. Robot bola? <laughs> um, so but Layla calls. Yes, Layla calls because Serkan's phone is off. So she calls Edda. And Edda's like, oh, you couldn't get a hold of Serkan? Okay, well, yeah, like we'll be in. Like basically it's indicated that things are – it's chaos. Um, so when yeah. she gets off the phone, she asks him again. Like, hey, is your, you okay? is your phone off? Are you okay? Because – you know, and he's like, I just oh, – he's like, I just wanted to spend time with you. And she's like, well yeah. – and I love that she's like, listen, if you were trying to impress me with that, like, by just focusing on me, color me impressed. Like, mm-hmm. however, you're also someone who's dedicated to his work and the last thing I want is for you to resent me for keeping you from that. So it's time for us to go to work. Yeah. And also, this was a very eerie foreshadowing for what he says in the final scene. Mm. Um, because she makes it very clear that she will not be the thing that keeps him from, like, his work. Yes. Um. So, anyways, it's an eerie foreshadow, but she basically is like, okay, let's go. So they, you know, they decide to go off to work. Right. So they uh, – we're back at the Bolats, and this is just kind of a quick uh, – Sorry, uh, Aidan won't eat breakfast. Safi is questioning her. Then Alptekin comes. And this was interesting because um, Alptekin tells her that he took a walk around the city and he kind of cleared his head a little bit. And now he's feeling more hopeful about Eda and Serkan. And he, for his part, thinks that they can leave it in the past if uh, they don't 
But he, his whole thing, though, is that he doesn't think they should even talk about it or bring it up. So I'm like, okay, well, I like that you think they can get through this, but not in that way. Buddy. Right. Like, he's like, yeah, they can be together. And I was like, yeah, Baba Bola. And then I was like, oh, because he's basically like, let's take a page from Sercon and just, like, deny this and pretend it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And is it at this point that – I think Idon kind of agrees, but at one point she had said – like, but the truth always comes out. Like, yeah, she isn't quite as forthright yet about it, but she's obviously skeptical. She kind right. of is just saying, oh, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. sure. And he can tell that yeah. she doesn't totally believe it. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. So basically, if Sarkhan wants to forget, we should too. And it's like, ugh. Right. So then Ed Sir shows up at work. Sarkhan sees that a meeting is happening. Yeah. Without him. And he walks in and basically is like, Celine, what's happening? F.A. tries to answer. And I love it because he's like, I asked Celine. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I know he was doing that a bit as a slight to F.A. to show him who's boss. But also, um, men, don't answer for women when they're asked a direct question. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. So I kind of liked that too where it was like, yeah, I asked her and she's capable of answering. Yeah, totally. So. So F.A., uh. <laughs> this this part was just kind of funny because like mm-hmm. everybody had something to say right because uh, he's upset and he essentially mm-hmm. says um if i'm not here then there is no meeting right and fa's like well it's fine that i helped and uh Sercon's like this isn't your problem bro mm-hmm. and farid's like everybody calm down and celine's like shut up farid <laughs> <laughs> that's i think that's the best summary of that scene in- <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's literally what I, I wrote because everybody's getting their little piece of the situation. Uh-huh. And then Celine freaks out and then runs outside. Well, she's, yeah, because she's just – she hates him. Well, and then Farid's like, well, I'm not going to stay around for this uncomfortableness, so guess I'll see ya. And the meeting kind of breaks up. And initially before Celine runs out, she does offer to say – she does offer to Sercon like, we can go to my office and I'll give you the rundown. And he's like, no, you know what? I think my new partner, F.A., is going to explain it to me. Mm-hmm. So – it winds up that it's just Sarkon and F.A. alone. And yeah. um, I wrote, Celine, I don't feel bad for you. And you're very lucky to have parole. Because then she runs outside. Uh-huh. And I'm like, listen, if you had had this many feelings regarding Fairy while you were together, you wouldn't even be in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because, now that it's gone, she's longing for it. And well, she's and – and I don't know if it's more of a pride thing with her. Mm-hmm. If she's just mad that he embarrassed her, that he left her at the altar. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Well, and I think that's even what Ferry is thinking. Like even in the last episode when he's like, well, if, you know – if this hadn't have been such a PR disaster, basically, that you had to clean right. up, would you even be this upset? Like, you know, so even That's he – a good question. Even he kind of sees that for what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But she's lucky to have Peril because Peril comes after her and, you know, is a good friend. And I just wrote, wine, wine, wine. Uh, so then mm-hmm. we we go back into the meeting where it's just F.A. and Sercon. And I love this so much um, because, you know, Sercon's like, listen, everything you showed me was great. Mm-hmm. It's very clear that anyone would be lucky to work with you, but I have to ask, why in the world did you choose this holding? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because Baba Ani told him to. Um, but F.A.'s like <laughs> – We still don't have confirmation of that. No, we don't. Um, <laughs> and F.A. says, Sercon, I did not choose the holding. I chose you. I want to combine your strength, intelligence, and talent with mine. 
if you and I join forces, and Sarkhan says, then no one will get in our way. And F.A. says, exactly. It's that simple. He's like, listen, Sarkhan, I really have no bad intentions. I don't believe you. Neither do I. Um, he says, I just want to get the job done like a professional. You don't need to be so prejudiced against me. And um, Sarah Khan points out, well, perhaps if anyone had sought my approval in this partnership. Yeah. And F.A.'s like, listen, you're very intelligent. You, underst- you understood what I meant, like what I was just saying right now. Um, and he says, as I said, I just want to get the job done professionally and be your friend. And this is my favorite line <laughs> in the entire episode. <laughs> Sarah Khan says, I only have three friends in my life. Angan, Perul. And serious. And F.A. says, serious? And he says, my dog. <laughs> and F.A.'s like, super, okay. Now, I'm like, that's so relatable. Like, yeah. I love that so much. I love that it's Angan, Pudderal, and serious. Yep. Like, it's true. Because my dog rates above a bunch of people. So, <laughs> like, I get it. Like, I I would choose to spend time with my dog than several other people that I know. <laughs> yeah. We we understand. We understand, Sir Kambe. <laughs> oh, I just – I loved that so much. It was like the one bit of comedic relief we desperately needed this episode. Seriously. So uh, we pan over and we see Eda. She's out on the little terrace mm-hmm. portion of Sir Khan's office and she's doing a little planting. <clears throat> so – Sarkon asks what she's doing, and she's like, oh, I'm planting some seeds. And he says, oh, seeds? And she explains, well, I collected them with my mom when I was little, and she told me, put them where you will be very happy. And he asks her, so are you happy here? Mm. And she says, yes, this is one of those places. This is the place where it started for all of us. (laughs) There's a little foreshadowing as well. Mm-hmm. And she says, I planted them at home. I planted them at the flower shop. And then, oh gosh, when we start a family and when we have children, I'll hand it over to them. And then my children will put them in places where they are happy. Listen, if when all this crap is done hitting the fan and this show eventually ends, if I don't get a scene where them and their little robot children are planting these seeds somewhere – Someone is going to get throat punched. <laughs> Continue. So he asks, is it difficult? And she's like, what? He says, to leave the past behind. And she says, well, you know, as they say, sometimes forgetting is useful. And not everything can be forgotten, though. Longing, pain, anger, these feelings are not so easily forgotten. He says, I understand the longing and the pain, with your parents but what about the anger and she explains anger towards my grandmother grandma didn't want my mother she was i'm so this is i I had to kind of wrap my mind around this because it's her dad's mom correct she didn't want her edda's mom to marry her son Hmm. so who who does that sound like uh maybe Hmm. huma or idon oh yeah that's true (laughs) So she was planning for another girl for my father, and she always rejected my mother. But my dad loved my mom so much that he turned his back on his family and his wealth, and he married my mother. Hmm. Hours, that is, after the accident, they waited 
sorry, they wanted to take me. So after the accident, the grandparents wanted to take her to Mardin, but her aunt refused. Mm -hmm. Of course, my grandmother is not a woman accustomed to rejection. Mm -hmm. She insisted, but my aunt changed our last name. So this clearly was to keep her away from grandma, Mm -hmm. to keep them safe, to keep them from taking her away. Well, and how much does that say about this grandmother that I'm assuming we're going to meet soon? Mm -hmm. Um, How much does it say about her that her own daughter is like – you know what I mean? Like continued to fulfill her brother's wishes after he died. Like, Mm -hmm. listen. And she herself rejected the family as well. Mm -hmm. So, yep. They must have deep pockets. They must have a lot of power. Especially if she went so far as to change their last name Mm -hmm. to kind of gain some distance, to gain some protection from them. Yep. So Sarah Khan just asks, okay, so you changed your last name. And then she explains the Yildrum to Yildas. Mm -hmm. And so that is essentially his full, full confirmation. Right. And you see it in his face. Mm So then well, he asked. Go ahead. I, I just liked too that she didn't that I don't or I don't. I fair didn't just pick out some random last name. She changed it to Edda's mom's maiden name. Like that's right. And I just I, I like that it wasn't just like she just picked a name. Like they changed it to as like a odd. I, oh well, as an honor to her mom, but also a big middle finger to grandma. Like not oh, only do for we, sure. Not only did we change our last name, our last name is now the last name of the woman you have rejected mm-hmm. in, you know, the, in the entirety of her relationship with your son. So mm-hmm. anyways, keep going. Sorry. No, that's a great point. So Serkan asks her if she ever could forgive her, her grandmother. Hmm. And Eda says no. And he asks her why, because right now he needs to know what her thoughts are on people mm-hmm. who have betrayed her. Mm-hmm. And she says she intervened in their fate. This means that even a small intervention can be the beginning of a tragedy. In the, in the absence of my parents now by my side, there is fault for her, albeit indirect. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I will never forgive her. I – because honestly at this point, I didn't know what it was that, you know, made her – uh, be so against her grandmother. We just knew mm-hmm. we could make assumptions. And then even her being against their relationship, it was like, okay, again, I get that, but also why? Right. Um, but the fact that she sees it as this like butterfly effect, like yes. that, yeah, because you rejecting them, it changed the course of their lives because he left, mm-hmm. you know, he left Marden, he left his life. And then maybe they wouldn't have been on this trip mm-hmm. in particular. Um, so, yeah, you can clearly see it's the whole butterfly effect for her. So, of course, then Serkan sees, okay, well, then if it's <laughs> if that's your logic, then you can see how he's absorbing the fact that then it's the same for his family. It's exactly. the whole butterfly effect. Exactly. So this all settles in and he's he just kind of stumbles and he says, I have – I, I I have some work to do. I'll I'll be right back. Yeah. And honestly, this scene, him walking out and walking away, to me, this affected me more than him getting the news from Baba Bola. Yep. This was so upsetting <laughs> to yes. watch. 
And 100%. You can see his heart crumbling and oh, falling yeah. to pieces as he is walking. And I was like, I know. somebody help that man. <laughs> like, I, yep. Oh my gosh. It, it was, was literally like he was walking the plank, like to his own death. Yeah. Like, and yeah. Again, this is if we ever, ever get the opportunity to like interview him, that would uh-huh. be amazing. Um, I would want to ask him, okay, for scenes like this, because I've I I'm, I've mentioned I'm watching his other DZ, and he has some very emotional, emotionally charged scenes in that one too. I'm only halfway through it, but there's already been a lot of heavy stuff mm-hmm. that his character has gone through that has been revealed to him. And I I always want to ask. What do you think about when you have to do a scene like that? Is there something within you that you like channel that, um, you know, that you channel to elicit that kind of emotional reaction? Because it is just, oh, you just feel it and it's so real. Because, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Granted, again, I know. He could just be an incredible actor, which he is. But it just makes me wonder, like, how do you – because I'm not an actor, so I wouldn't know how to go about eliciting that kind of emotion for a scene like that for my character. So that's something I would want to ask him is, like, Mm -hmm. what do you do to prepare for a scene like that? Because it feels so real to us watching. Mm -hmm. Like like you said, you could see his heart breaking. You could watch in his eyes, like, just that dawning realization, like, there is no way out of this. Yeah. yeah, so I just – I always want to know, like, what do you channel um, to make that happen? So Yeah. Yeah. So we get a little phone call because Ferit is just kind of in the dumps and he mm-hmm. doesn't really know what to do. So mm-hmm. he decides to call Jaren and we get a very interesting beginning to – an interesting turn of events with them and their relationship. <laughs> Listen – I was so here for this. Oh, like, me too. I was like, I mean, granted, I also understood Federique because, you know, he winds up telling her like, well, you told me if I ever, you know, just needed a friend or needed to talk. But I just love that she has come to this place where she's like, no, I am not mm-hmm. the shoulder for injured men to cry on all the yeah. time. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I love it because they their banter is good because he's grown a backbone now since mm-hmm. everything with Celine. And so they kind of they're they give it back and forth to each other and it's it's this like equal balance I feel like. Mm-hmm. So I like what's being built here. Uh, so do I. Sorry, talk talk about what actually happens. <laughs> no, no, it's I mean you kind of covered it because uh he he wants to talk about his problems and she had made that offer but she is kind of like, "No, look, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done." My translation said like being the vest for men to yes. <laughs> to cry on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, kind of just to be the buddy, to be the shoulder for men to cry on. To About be their the, women problems specifically. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, she basically says no. And she says, I don't have to heal the injuries of every man that I've met. So and then true. they have kind of some more bickering and they say goodbye. Yes. Well, and it's funny because he's like, okay, well – that's all fine, but, you know, you're confusing because you're the one that told me to call you if I needed it. Like, so I just love that he wasn't just like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. 
Right. But He's also, like, listen, you're the one who said, call me anytime if you need anything. Yes. So yes. don't think that I'm crazy for asking you to talk. Right. Yeah. I just loved it because I, yeah, I just loved it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Then we have uh, Angan really quickly. He basically tells Peril he wants to take her out for a special evening. So not mm-hmm. to make plans for the evening that he wants to go out with her. And so she's like, okay. Yeah. Then we have F.A. and Federi. Oh, because that's where he was waiting for F.A. when he called Joran. Mm-hmm. So now we have them brainstorming like a team building idea. F.A. kind of wants to do this brunch to kind of bring them all together and unite them. Right. Um, he Props points- to Ferry because he says, cool, but ask, make sure you ask Sarkhan first mm-hmm. be- so we don't have a misunderstanding like what just happened with that whole meeting, bro. <laughs> yes. Um, and of course, and F.A. kind of brings up how Sarkhan is competitive and – you know, and Federer even points out, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter if your partners or not. He still is going to see you as competition. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so F.A. decides, he's like, well, then I need to show my strength. Um, and, you know, I think that's what this brunch kind of turns into is him showing, you know, his, his, uh, not just his strength, but like what he has to offer and, you know, paint him probably as this good, wonderful guy Mm-hmm. Where Sarah Khan is more rigid and that sort of thing. Totally. Um, and then he does throw out there, you know, no pressure, but if you ever wanted to sell your shares, I would buy them from you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, alarm, alarm, alarm. Yeah. Um, and F.A. Thanks. Oh, did you? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I just, I thought it was very interesting that F.A. Now, again, this translation could be slightly off, but it made me laugh. So I, I was like, I'm not even going to look into what he actually said. Because he does say, I love chaos. Because mm. Ferry says, like, you know, it it could get a little crazy. And, you know, it could get – the competition could get fierce and tense. And he's like, don't worry. I love chaos. It turns me on. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. Of course it does. Um Mr. Pirate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they they head back and uh, we have another Altekin and Aidan scene because – I wrote I, – wrote, I wrote, oh, we have a selfish cell donor chat. <laughs> I was so salty at them this episode. I don't even remember Obviously, writing – wow. I don't even remember writing that, but I wrote selfish cell donor has a chat. <laughs> yeah. And it's really just – Alptekin being upset at mm-hmm. Aidan because this is where she really makes it clear that she doesn't believe they can be happy. Yeah. But he says, my son and Ida can be happy at Aidan. And then he walks away. And then Aidan, with her very optimistic point of view, says, or they'll both remain under a collapsed wall. I was like, super, Aidan. <laughs> I know. I really don't appreciate that. So – Safey runs into Aidan and we get a quick uh, conversation because he wants to know what's going on. Right. He knows something's off and there's – I mean, you know, he knows there's something off in that household. But Aidan basically tells him, listen, just be glad that you don't know and mm-hmm. make sure Alptekin stays, you know, stress-free and is eating right. Basically just assigns him to Alptekin to make yeah. sure he's doing all the stuff he should be for his heart. Yep. You know, right before they make pasta – Whatever. I know. I thought that was so funny. I think anyway. the the way that they made it heart healthy was soy using, and uh-huh. no salt. Uh huh. <laughs> I saw that, but like, I was like, okay. I was like, but I think the pasta is the actual issue. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, so 
we're at Art Life, mm-hmm. and so is it Serkan and Angin and Layla have a little meeting? Yes. Layla singing Serkan's praises about, you know, how oh, you, you show up and everything's <laughs> just so right. efficient and you organize it, and Angin's like jealous. And Layla even says, like, are you jealous? <laughs> and it's so, it's cute because she kind of like, Gives him like a, oh, you're so cute, kind of a – Before she walks <laughs> out. Uh-huh. Yes. Like, no, you're very important, Angin, babe. <laughs> uh-huh. But so at least Ang- it leaves the two of them alone. Yeah. And Angin, of course, he's his best friend. He can tell there's something going on. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, Sir Khan says there is something, and it gnaws at me from the inside. Oh, Oh, my poor broken robot. So he says, but I'll tell you later. They hear some commotion. So they go to see what's going on outside the big main office area. And they're Mm -hmm. all playing with Robo. And Angin, of course, is like, man, I love this girl. She talking about Ada. He's like, she just brings all this happiness and light into the office. And... um. And Serkan basically is like, yeah, she does, but I'm still waiting for her to get sick of me. Like, he is still – like, this feeling of unworthiness has been Mm -hmm. happening since the second they signed that contract. Yeah. And this is just showing it's still very prevalent, like, that he just still can't believe that she's with someone like him. Right. And on top of that, now with all of this looming, he's mm-hmm. like, this is just even further confirmation that I don't even deserve her. Yeah. He's like, we're doomed. There's no way we can possibly be together. So Ada comes in and she's like kind of laughing because everybody was talking to, you know, everybody's playing with Robo. Mm-hmm. And he's staring at her. He's looking at her with the saddest, sweetest eyes. Like he's just trying to drink her in while he can. Yeah, it's like a combo of the hard eyes and then that really big eyed emoji, you know? It's like mm-hmm. somehow a combo of those where it's like the biggest hard eyes, but also the saddest heart eyes. Oh. Yeah. And this really feels like he's in his bargaining phase uh-huh. because he's telling her can can we just run away somewhere just mm-hmm. where no one can find us? Yeah. And she says, well, you know, my aunt and the girls, they'll find us wherever we go. Uh-huh. And she, uh, once again, notices that there's mm-hmm. something going on with him. So she says, uh, you're very quiet again because he didn't answer her after mm-hmm. she had said that. And he just says, oh, it's work. Yeah. So she says, okay, I'll let you work and I'll go. Do you notice how he freaks out, though? And yeah. he's like, what do you mean go? Where are you going? For how, like, Yeah, he, why? Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Where, are you, where are you going to go? And so she kind of calms him down. She says, I'm just going to go home, Sir, Sir Khan. Uh, I haven't seen my aunt since yesterday, and I need to see her. Mm-hmm. So then he's like, well, can we meet up tonight? I want to see you. And he says, "You can. we can do whatever you want. <laughs> and this then is- when she says the cinema, he's like, the oh, cinema? the cinema. You know that I don't like crowded places. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it because she's like, wait a minute. So you're telling me you have never gone to the movies with a girlfriend before. Uh-huh. You've never you shared. You didn't get popcorn. Mm-hmm. She didn't, didn't have her head on. She didn't have her head on your shoulder. Uh-huh. So she essentially is like, wow, Sir Khan, you haven't even lived, buddy. Uh-huh. I love it. And I was like, oh, this 
poor man. He like doesn't even know. So yeah. she she gives him a sweet cheek kiss and off she goes mm-hmm. home. Yeah. Um, and then again, Safi and Idon are just continuing to plan this kind of like stress free relaxing day for Alptakine. It's not really yeah. anything. Um, but Edda gets home and Ifair is going through baby clothes and mm-hmm. things like that. And so they kind of have this trip down memory lane. It's very bittersweet. They talk about the stuff she used to do as a kid and what she would do to keep those particular shoes from getting dirty that her mom had gotten her. She would like steal the neighbor's shoes so she could go climbing and all this stuff. It's just very – just all the, you know, stuff she did as a kid uh, very impulsively and, yes. you know, would kind of get her into trouble. And, you know, but it, the the conversation turns more serious and Edda basically says, you know, I'm asking you – I'm not asking you to trust Serkan. I know you don't know him. Mm-hmm. very well to do that but i trust him and i'm asking you to trust me yeah and you know i love it she's like because i fair says like i'm just afraid he's gonna hurt you which i wrote yikes foreshadowing um <sighs> you know and and that's when it is like i understand but you know i trust me and what i want for my dreams and trust that i know what i'm doing and she does she just says you know what i do trust you and mm-hmm. i'm kind of glad they have that um what's the word like not conclusion but just like that it's just made clear like okay i do trust you and it's okay mm-hmm. if you don't trust sarah fully yet you will but just trust me until then so then we switch over to sarah and and angan it's later that evening mm-hmm. and he tells angan i'm finished and then we don't see it happen, but it's very clearly indicated that he is about to tell Ingen the entire story before the scene yeah. cha- before the scene changes. Yeah, um, which I'm so glad because it took him so long before to tell Ingen things mm-hmm. in regards to Edda. So I was very happy because from the second he found out last week, I was like, "Please confide in Ingen. Please confide yes. in Ingen." So I am so glad that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Because he needs somebody to lean on with this yes. whole thing. And he yep. can't lean on his parents. Nope. So and we, then, get an, oh, uh, we get a conversation between Celine and Ferry and okay. essentially – Why <laughs> Why do they seem to be getting more screen time together now that they're I, not a couple? I know. I don't know. I don't know. But they're, they're just bickering. Mm-hmm. She says he's insensitive and he's like, I'm being myself. I'm a principled straightforward. Because she's like, can you just leave? I don't want to see you at work, blah, blah, blah. Because <laughs> it's his responsibility, obviously. Apparently. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, let we know that this is over. You, My love for you is over. I was very in love with you at that time, but not anymore. And she's like, then why are you here? <laughs> Uh, because he has a job to do and he's a partial shareholder just like you. Exactly. Yeah. So they just bicker and she's like, I almost closed my office so as not to see you, not to get upset. Mm-hmm. And he, ooh, this was a deep burn because he so says, Celine, if Sirkan had chosen you, would my being here bother you just as much? If the two of you were managing the holding and I was looking at the two of you from the side, would that bother you? And girlfriend has nothing to say. No, she does not. So touche, Ferit. I am here for this Ferit who has a backbone. Yes, yeah, seriously. So Engin has heard all of the terrible, terrible news mm-hmm. and he's bummed. But – Thankfully, he reminds Serkan 
look, th- you're not guilty mm-hmm. of this situation. You're not guilty of anything. Mm-hmm. But Serkan doesn't think that Ada will agree. Right. And uh, Serkan is – sorry. Uh, oh, because he's mad at his dad. He blames his dad, mm-hmm. which I can understand that. Absolutely. But Angin, again, kind of speaking some logic into the situation, he's like, look, this is the contractor's fault. Your dad isn't the one who built those walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's not, his hands weren't responsible right. for making a faulty retaining wall. Do you want to finish the rest of this? Sure. Um, basically, um, Serkan's like, uh, tells him, yeah, but when we get a job, isn't it our responsibility to check everything in detail? Mm-hmm. He says, therefore, um, yes. Or I'm sorry, Angan's like, yeah, you're right. We do, you know, we do double check that stuff. And uh, Serkan admits, like, sometimes I do have these thoughts that this doesn't concern me and that it doesn't concern Ida and me together. He's like, but how? How can that be? He's like, I can't keep this secret. Especially when I think about a future with her. I can't hide this. And whoa, the, and the whole time he's saying all this, his face and his eyes and his – I know. Oh, it just breaks my heart. And he says every this part right here. Every single time, every single time I look into her face and I fall to her kindness. And he says, no, I don't deserve someone like her. Yes, you do, Sir Khan. Mm-hmm. Oh and even Angan says, No, brother, both of you don't deserve to be in this trouble. But Sir Khan, you're right. You do definitely need to tell her about this. You know that, don't you? Mm-hmm. And Sir Khan says, I, I do because Edda deserves it. And Angan's like, Yes. So, you know, clearly they he was just contemplating like do i have to tell her yes i do but sometimes i feel like i don't and right but you know i think the big takeaway from that is is again more confirmation that he doesn't believe he deserves someone like her and then this situation the fact that his family is tied to it is just more confirmation of that to him yeah and more reason to self-sabotage and to Mm -hmm. sabotage this potential happiness that he could have with her. Yeah. So, so we get a quick uh, Melo and Erdem talking about Fifi. And Erdem is a little bit in denial that mm-hmm. Fifi didn't – he's like, oh, she just has a lot to do. Because Melo's like, yeah, did she meet up with you? He's like, no, she didn't show up. She's really busy. <laughs> but Melo's like, I think that she came and saw that it was you and then she left. But he is a little bit in denial. So mm-hmm. uh, Eda is heading out, but Efe calls and invites all of them to brunch. So we get that little quick thing. Yes. And then Ingen takes Pearl bowling. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay. At this point, I was a little annoyed with her because I was like, okay, you've been a bit prissy every time Ingen makes any kind of an effort. And granted, dude has a lot to learn and mm-hmm. he he has messed up. But he's trying, so either can like let him try, mm-hmm. or just call it quits. Yeah, because Cut she's him like a little slack. Yes, because she's like, I got all dressed up and all this just for you to take me bowling and blah blah blah. And he's like, But you look beautiful, and you would have looked beautiful no matter like what you wore. Yeah, and then I love it because he's like, Listen. I just want to take you to do things that I love. Like, I want you to be a part of my life. Like, mm-hmm. I bowl with these guys all the time. They've known me forever. They also have known how in love with you I've been, yeah. like, for the last 10 years. Um, and I'm just like, come on. 
Yeah. So she does kind of chill out and relax and, you know, they they enjoy bowling together and it's it's cute. So I was like, okay, I'm glad to see Pearl kind of chilled a little bit. Although yes. the next morning at the I brunch, know. she like is all prissy is again. back but, to – Yeah. Yes. But um, yeah, so they have a good time bowling with his buddies. Mm-hmm. So now Serkan is waiting movie for – day at, at the movies. So they'll enjoy themselves. They have a little – uh, relaxation and then they're gonna talk because uh, he's like do you want to talk and mm-hmm. Ada's like let's just relax <laughs> and have a nice date and then we can talk about whatever you want to talk about yes I so love he it. got all of her requests and funny enough that which is very convenient for COVID times he bought out the entire theater so uh-huh. that they wouldn't have to deal with a crowd <laughs> I love that so much. So do I. So they got the movie. They've got popcorn. And then he reminds her every, they've got everything except her head on his shoulder, which oh was just so Oh, my gosh. And then like, okay, first of all, does anybody know the movie that they're watching? I Nobody on Twitter did. So I wanted to ask any of our listeners, if you know what movie they're watching, just let me know. I'm curious. I know I, we saw just one tiny clip of the person turning over and, and knocking down their alarm. Well, and then there's one other clip later when they're watching, um, and I don't quite remember what's happening now, but I figured somebody who's seen it would probably recognize the movie. So if mm-hmm. you guys know, just let us know. I'm very curious. Yeah. Um, but do you notice basically he's watching her the whole time that mm-hmm. she's watching the movie and he's like kissing the top of her forehead and he's like stroking yes. her arm up and down in this like very intimate, sweet way. He's just, I wrote like, he's just soaking all of her in that he can. Mm-hmm. Like he's just absorbing all of her that he can. Yeah. And like, you know, he's even like when she starts to get emotional during the movie, he goes to like wipe her tear and she's like, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Like brushes his hand away. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's just all very sweet. So they finish the movie. Mm-hmm. Or no, I'm sorry. They don't finish it yet. We switch over. This is when we get – they're watching the movie. It's all cute. And then Alptekin and Idon decide to cook dinner together. I put – while yeah. their son's soul is shattering. Cool. <laughs> Gosh, I was so mad. <laughs> and then we get a bowling montage. They make Monty. Um, With soy and no salt. <laughs> uh-huh. And then uh, Idon kind of just – encourages Alptekin because he's sad and she says this all will pass Mm -hmm. but I need you which I thought was sweet um yeah so and then this was actually really sad because Alptekin was like oh oh. yeah this was so much fun I want to take you out for dinner yeah and then Idan's like yeah I would love that too because you can tell he's Mm -hmm. not really registering what he's saying right he's just thinking like yes that would be so fun we we need to go on a date I want to take you out to dinner and she's like yeah that would be really nice but Uh she can't I know I thought you were saying the next I was like the next thing's not sad because I I was like look Celine's cutting up photos like a 15 Oh, yeah, old girl. Who cares? Uh-huh. But she sure doesn't slice Sercon. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. So again, again, we don't I don't feel bad for you, Celine. We don't feel bad for you. No. Nope. You're acting like a teenager. And clearly it was just her pride that was broken, not her heart, because she is slicing up all those pictures, but mm-hmm. she's not slicing up the pictures of Sercon. Exactly. And she should be the most mad at him. Like, hello. He he made an entire fake relationship just to break up her and her fiance and not even because he wanted to be with her, but because mm-hmm. he doesn't trust Ferri. Like, if it, you should really be pissed at Serkan, actually, but yeah. whatever. So 
Ed Sarah's leaving the movies and they're just kind of chatting as they walk out. And she asks him what he's thinking about. Mm-hmm. And he says, I would have liked to be one of the gadgets in the movie that erases bad memories. And she's yeah. like, and I, cause I, she, w- I wonder if it was, um, oh my gosh. Sorry, keep going. Okay, you can did that did that give you like an indication of maybe what the movie was? Yes. Cuz the only thing I could think of was Men in Black cuz they have that, you know, that mind mind eraser thing, but it was definitely not Men in Black. So No, it's um um uh, well, you look it up, I'll start I'll keep talking. So he tells her he wishes he could erase bad memories and she's like, "Yours?" and he says, "No, yours. I wish I could erase your bad memories." Mm. And she basically tells him like Listen, I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe, you know, that there's fate and all of this. So, um, and she's like, I believe everything happens to in order to teach a lesson. And Sarah Khan's like, yeah, I can see that. He's like, you've taught me that not everything in life can be controlled. She's like, really? He says, yeah. I mean, from the very first day of our acquaintance, nothing connected with you is in my hands. And she says, Sarah Khan Bolat. You have not just entered my life, but let's see what you teach me. Hmm. Um, or maybe she meant you. Maybe it was supposed to say you have just entered my life. Let's see what you can teach me. Um, and so then she basically is like, "Let's talk already." What did you want to talk about? And mm-hmm. poor guy, he just he kind of looks down for a minute, and he's like, "You know what? Not now." Like he just yeah, he just can't yet. And she's like, "Okay, not now." Um, and so- go ahead. Well, when you're done, I'll tell you what movie I think it is. Oh, okay. Um, well, that was the end of that conversation. Like, they're now right. – they're not going to talk, um, at least not yet. And um, Sarah Khan is – he heads back home. So what what yeah. movie do you think it is? I'm wondering if it's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. A spe- have you ever oh, seen that movie? Oh, yeah. I own yeah. it, actually. Especially because of the whole premise because Jim Carrey's character is trying to erase all the – all the memories of his ex-girlfriend oh because he's he, they've broken up and he's in so much pain. <gasps> uh-huh. Ashley. Yeah. So I wonder if that's what it is. Oh but my then gosh. it's a whole it's a whole play on it's a whole take on taking away good memories and bad memories because he uh-huh. can't just take away the bad memories. He has he gets her entire mem his entire memory of her erased. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Anyway, <gasps> maybe it's that. Good job. I hope mm-hmm. that's what it was because that would be so poetically like yep. correct for this situation. Yeah. Um, so he's back home and I said he's just our sad, hurt, angry baby robot because everything's yeah. just weighing so heavily on him. He's thinking back at all these moments between the two of them, yeah. having all these flashbacks and he just loses it. Mm-hmm. And at, at one point – uh, Safi had come in and he's like, oh, do you need anything? Can I get you anything? And Sir Khan tells him no. And he says, be careful. The table's cracked. Don't cut yourself. Probably from when he broke the globe earlier yes. that morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just so upset and he's so tormented that he punches the table and shatters it. Yeah. And then, of course, his mom hears because it was really loud and a right. tired glass shattering and he's bloodied up his knuckles. Yeah. His knuckles are jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. So she comes in. She freaks out. And she's like, Safey. And he's just – He looks numb. Looks, oh, my gosh. He looks totally numb. 
And he's just telling her, mom, leave it alone. I'm fine. Mm. Leave it alone. Why does Safey have to come? He's mm. just trying to get her away. Yeah. But he's bleeding, so his mom wants to help him. I know. it. Mm. <sighs> it's just I, awful. It's awful. Um. So on the flip side of that, the Kuzlar are all at home having girl time. And mm. Ida confides that she's worried that Serkan's keeping something from her. Yeah. Or not even so much keeping because he keeps saying he's going to talk to her about it. But she's like, I just know something's up. And I just mm-hmm. – I I thought it maybe had to do with work. But I think might it might actually have to do with me. But he hasn't told me anything yet. Um, And the girls are just all kind of spilling, you know. Jiren mm-hmm. talks about how she's proud of the way she stood up to Ferry and was like, I'm done being, you know, the handkerchief that all the injured men cry into. Yes. Um, Melo's worried about – you know, her job, because I don't think she's been officially hired on yet as, you know, an assistant for uh, F.A. She's still still jobless, technically. Right. So she's kind of stressed about that. And um, and she kind of brings up Erdem and wants Fifi to give him a chance. Jaren even agrees, like, listen, if a man was working that hard to, you know, have a chance with me, I'd give him a chance. Mm -hmm. And they kind of laugh and giggle about his antics a little bit. Um. And so it just – it winds up being like kind of a sweet time just for the girls to kind of catch up and uh, bond. So then we get back to uh, Serkan. His hand is all bandaged up now. And I said, oh, notice, doesn't matter, bloody knuckles, bandages, that boy still has his ring on. Mm -hmm. And quick side note, he has it on in the fragment. And uh, I almost said Edda, Hyundai – (laughs) posted on her stories yesterday while they were filming. They were clearly between scenes because it was another great uh, uh, Karem singing, only this time it was Elvis. Um, And called, and it was a song, You Look Like an Angel, But Really You're Just the Devil in Disguise. (laughs) But he's singing that. And they're in Serkan's car. And you see when he points his finger, he is still wearing the ring. And they're filming 16 right now. So I'm very... Because my whole thing is like I just don't want him to take this ring off no matter what happens. So it right. gives me hope that no matter whether they're still broken up or things are bad or whatever, I'm like at least he's wearing the ring. I will start to freak out when he takes the ring off. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, back to back to that. Um, so he still has the rings on, and then we get Idon's terrible advice. Do you have that? So I do. Because, sorry, I'm like, if anything I done, this – the the story she tells, I'm like, if anything, this should indicate to you why he shouldn't do what your stable boy did to you. Like, but whatever. Yeah. Did I – maybe I just wrote it down. Sorry, let me see. Uh, that's right. I, I wrote it all down. I didn't do screenshots. Okay. So – Aidan asks, asks uh, Serkan if he's talked to Ida, and then she tells her own story. So she had a first love that started when she was at school, and it lasted for years, even after she came back from university. Mm-hmm. He was a worker on their farm, essentially. His, his mom was like the housekeeper. Mm-hmm. And he looked after the horses. He was, <laughs> he was like a stable boy, uh-huh. basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, we've got a class different situation here. And he was cute. He was industrious. He was strong. She loved everything about him. He understood horses. Uh, they read books together and listened mm-hmm. to songs. 
And she loved him and her family even loved him and loved his mom until they revealed that they wanted to get married. Mm -hmm. And then something happened. He went and talked to her parents and then he left the next day. So without a note, without a word, nothing. Yes. So apparently his his mom stole um, and he left not to burden her and not to upset her, I guess, mm-hmm. with this whole situation. And so she, which is, again, true, tells Serkan that he and Eda are the innocent ones in this whole situation. Mm-hmm. But, quote, Sometimes being a family means putting a lot of responsibility on a person, and we must bear this burden. And I'm like, okay, so after you yourself Mm -hmm. have been through a very similar situation where you're in love with, quote, the wrong person. I mean, granted, he left, so it's not like they could – I mean, maybe they could have fixed the situation. Right. But – he he did leave and she kind of had to pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that that has all – that contributes to why she says this and why she has this perspective. But she's like, I know you'll make the right choice. I know you'll make the right decision. And it's like that is not the right decision. <laughs> exactly. And my thing is like, okay, you know, it shattered you. It this, And somehow you thought that because he – chose not to tell you the truth that that was somehow the right thing but yet right. you've been arguing that he does need to tell Edda the truth so it's like I'm so like what do you want your son to do do you want him to not tell her and just leave her and yeah leave it at that or is she do you want like your advice doesn't even make sense it's terrible advice number one mm-hmm. and it's and it's contradictory to what you've been saying up to this point like yeah because now it sounds like you're telling him you just need to bear this burden and we need to bear it as a family and not put it on Edda. Right. But what you're really saying is um, let's take away her um, – oh, my gosh. I just lost the word. Not authority. Um, oh, my gosh. And someone's probably screaming the word at us right now. <laughs> but, um, you know, basically her um, – her choice, her, her, her right, her choice, her, her right, her choice, her. But it, um, it'll come to me, anyways. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like that's what this guy did to Idon. Like he, to me, it says, "Well, I didn't trust you enough to, like, to share this truth with you and admit this to you, and right. the fact that you wouldn't hold this against me personally because my mom did something terrible, right? You know, like." It just – anyways. Um, I know. I just, it's it's frustrating. It's – the whole thing is just frustrating. So then it's the next morning mm-hmm. and Erdem essentially confronts Fifi and he is asking – because she's on her phone and he asks if she's found her next victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to cancel she, on. To cancel uh-huh, on. Yes. And so she gets all mad at him because she – because he just copied all of her hobbies in his profile and, you know, doesn't he have his own hobbies? But it was – it's actually really cute because he says, because I'm ready to to do what you love. Right. But she just isn't into that. And she says, I'm not one who copies others and I don't look for somebody who copies other people. And she storms off. Right. 
So I kind of uh, feel – I mean, listen, I'm not encouraging catfishing. I'm not any of that. Like this is a, it's a terrible idea. Right. But I can't help but feel bad for him because he's like, I chose those interests because I'm willing to try anything that you love. Like – Yeah. I know. But, but, you know, she's like, yeah, but I want someone who has his own interests. And I completely understand Fifi. And I would probably be exactly what Fifi is right now yeah. if that had happened to me. But mm-hmm. part of me just feels a tiny bit bad for him. Yeah, me Autonomy. Too. Autonomy. That was the word. <laughs> you got it. There you go. Sorry. Anyway. No, that's good. That's good. I, I – <laughs> That's the best feeling when you finally think of the word that <laughs> yes. you've been trying to search for. Yes. So uh, Celine ends up calling Eda because she's not going to go to brunch because she's sulking. Mm-hmm. And Eda uh, can tell that something's wrong. Right. Because Eda had come down for breakfast and she sees that Melo is making a big old mess and she's kind of just telling her to make sure to clean up her mess after she's done cooking. Uh, but she realizes that something is wrong by the way that Celine is talking. So Melo's like, well, I need to bring her this file anyway. So mm-hmm. you could just bring it to her and check on her. So that's what Ada plans to do. Yes. So then we have a quick Ferry and Jaren run in. Mm-hmm. Um, the outside, the, outside the offices of Life, Life Art. Yep. Art, art Life. Dang it. I wrote Life Art too. Okay. So apparently we've done that before. <gasps> oh my gosh. Someone – I did like a Q&A this weekend for fun on the Instagram. And someone wrote in – like it wasn't a question and they were like, listen, I love you guys. But it low-key triggers me when you call it Life Art and not well, Art Life. And- sorry. <laughs> and know, I was like – we're only human. And I was like – well, that's what I said. I was like, first of all, have we done that? I mean, if you're saying we have, we probably have. There's no way I can remember every single word that we say every week on like a two and a half hour podcast. Yeah. But I was like, it's bound to happen. We're bound to mix words up. So, of course, that would be the first thing I mix up this episode is me well, saying I life art. Well, I did the same thing. <laughs> I literally wrote life art. So oh, my gosh. My bad. So, anyhow, now what, I'm going to have a complex about that now. Um, anyways, so – uh, they have a run-in outside the office, and, you know, she basically is like, um, you know, why, why, what happens? I didn't take screenshots. Because he basically indicates that she's going to be, like, the lawyer for the holding now, too, kind of a thing. Yeah, and then she gets mad because she's like, well, why did – she thinks that he arranged it. Mm-hmm. And she <laughs> she's just upset because she's like – I told you I'm not going to be your shoulder to cry on. And mm-hmm. So now what? You're interfering with my life and you decided this. And he's like, well, actually, Serkan and Efe were the ones who wanted you on this project. But thanks for being really nice about this situation. <laughs> and- well, and she kind of accused him of wanting her last name. Like, at, like, oh, you must have basically suggested this because I know my last name carries a lot of weight because of her dad. Right. And he tells her she has a daughter complex. And I was like, uh, ooh, uh-huh. like, nice. And she even – but then she kind of lashes out and calls him a hotel heir. Like, oh, and right. you don't know what that's like because, you know, your dad, you know, your owns all these hotels and you're the heir to it and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so they kind of split after that. Um Yeah. Yeah, but she kind of realizes that she messed up Mm -hmm. by the end of the conversation and he's saying, whatever, I'll leave you alone, just chill. Mm -hmm. And she, you can see the regret on her face that she wasn't 
too nice about that situation. Yeah, she reacted a bit emotionally. Yeah. So we get some Celine and Eda uh, scenes, and I was I, me too. So, <laughs> I loved it. Yes, I loved it, and I really want Celine to move on mm-hmm. from Serkan, mm-hmm. and I would love for her and Eda to be friends. Yes, and I really like that they have not been pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. There isn't any kind of a weird mean girl thing happening between the two of them. Eda was legitimately concerned about her, mm-hmm. which is why she went over in the first place, only to see her ready to with a big scary pair of scissors. Uh-huh. <laughs> But, you know, she helps her destroy her wedding dress to get some of her anger out, to get some of her frustrations out. Yep. And she encourages Celine and she tells her that she should show up at the brunch, look him in the eye, and show Ferit that she's strong, that she, he's not going to scare her away, essentially. And I love that. Mm-hmm. But that's also a foreshadowing because she says, why do we women always have to be the one to compromise and back down? Yeah. And I was like, oh, here's a foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um because she's telling Celine to do exactly what she's going to wind up having to do next episode. Right. Um, right. And I love it too because, you know, they even – I just love that they have like um, uh, a whole conversation about like when she's like, remember when we were trying on the wedding dresses? Like, Edda, I didn't have the guts mm. basically to try on the really fun stuff that you did. And I love that Edda's like, well, probably because I grew up without parents telling me, like, the sorts of things I should be wearing. Right. Um, My aunt you know, just let me be free and never told me wear this but don't wear that. Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so they just – they have, like, a good bonding time because even I, – I love that Celine said, I can see why Sarah Khan's in love with you. Mm-hmm. And Edda's kind of like, can we not talk about that? And Celine's like, no, let's. We need to because I'm realizing that – I was in love with the idea of what I wanted Serkan to be. Like, right. not really not who with he- Serkan himself. Exactly. Like, we tried, and there's a reason it didn't work. So, I wish it would have ended there because then when they, when they get up and she's like, okay, well, you're doing better. You get ready. I'll see you at the brunch. As Edda's walking out, she sees the table of chopped up photos, except the only photos that aren't chopped up are the ones of Celine and Serkan. Yeah. Yeah. And she throws Celine a look before she walks mm-hmm. out, rightfully right. so. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, I kind of wish they'd cut that scene. Like, I would have just liked that Celine comes to the realization that I was in love with this idea of him. Well, she already had. She even told that to Serkan. But the fact that she right. admitted that to Edda, too, like, listen, I was in love with the idea of him. And even to say like it might take some time to like undo that but you know because we've known each other for so long like i don't want to lose our childhood friendship and all of that so yeah i need to disentangle myself from that but i support you guys i'm so happy that he found you yada 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 and then just right. leave it at that i just was like dang it they had to we had to throw that in where it's just things aren't quite great yet where that's yeah. concerned but you know i think that's a little more realistic too though you're right to real life because people aren't just gonna be that mm-hmm. quick after being thinking you're in love with somebody for right. years and years and years you're not gonna immediately let go of that yeah so and their relationship you know Mm-hmm. maybe in real life the two of them would be friends very quickly but yeah. i kind of doubt it because yeah. of the past that they have and mm-hmm. i i just think it's a little more realistic you're they you're both, absolutely right Celine needs a little bit more work with with 
herself mm-hmm. and Ada is dealing with her own stuff yeah. anyway. So. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, we get a very quick – scene where Sarkhan's just sadly sitting in the car and scrolling through pictures of him and yeah. Edda. Um, and then we we switch over to Fifi and Ifair and we learn a tiny smidge more about Fifi. Yes. It was um, interesting and I was happy about this actually. Yes. Because, uh, she's helping Ifair at the florist shop. They're carrying some heavy stuff and Ifair actually asks about her parents. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, well, we're still torn apart. <laughs> So iFair says, what if you guys talk? Maybe you guys can find some middle ground together. And Fifi says something interesting because she says they interfere with everything, Mm -hmm. even at this age. And then iFair, as Fifi rightfully points out, starts being a little bit – She's projecting. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, she says, well, maybe they're just worried and they're afraid of losing their little girl and they're just scared. And Fifi's like, are we still talking about me or are we talking about Ada? So go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I just find that whole thing so interesting because, again, we know Fifi's last name is Yildirim. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, she's she has to be related on dad's side somehow. Right. So it's like, who are her parents? Are they other siblings? Uh, you know, is it another, I'm assuming, brother of, like, right. Ifair? Is her dad Ifair's brother? It, like, I just, I'm curious even more so about that connection now. Because it would make yeah. sense then that it's a controlling family. They interfere because that's what grandma does. Right. So anyways, keep going. Yeah, no, that's just, uh, I it was it was interesting. And I, mm-hmm. I want to know more about Fifi. But she asks – Ifer asks what Fifi thinks about uh, Serkan and Ida. I love this and answer. I do too because she says, I don't believe in love as you know, mm-hmm. but I believe in Ida and I think you should do the same. Yes. Oh, I got <sighs> goosebumps again. Like so I good. loved that so much. And then, of course, we get a breakup of – the moment because she gets a strange mystery phone call where she's like, well, if you don't want to pay what I'm charging, then you're not going to work with me. And Her negotiations, Fifi style. Fifi style. And <laughs> we still don't know what the heck she does. I fear doesn't even know what she does, but mm-hmm. I love it. So then we kind of – we're at the – people are starting to arrive at the brunch and we yeah. kind of get – some Layla and Melo competition. It's kind of silly, though. They're not really, like, pitted really against each other. Yeah. Um, so we see more of a little bit more of the Jerfair drama, them kind of mm-hmm. bickering as they arrive. And um, this is, I believe, when Ferri points it out to her that it was actually Serkan because then he storms off. Mm. Um, oh, I think you're right. He storms ahead and she's like, oh, crap, wait, uh, like, and she's kind of left standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Angan and Perul arrive yeah. and he's wearing the same clothes <laughs> that he was wearing last <laughs> night. Um, so congrats, Erdem. I'm sorry, not Erdem, Angan. Mm-hmm. And then Ed Sarah arrives separately, but um, they arrive around the same time. And I was like, oh, my gosh, his outfit. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know. He looks great. He looks so good. Again, I need to look up his stylist and send her a thank you card because my <laughs> goodness. Like, I just love the black shirt, the gray pants, and then like the camel colored shoes and belt. Like, the whole look just works so yep. dang well as he struts out of his car and immediately she notices his hand and she's like, yes. what the heck happened? And 
Boy tries to blame it on Sirius, and I love it because she pulls her sunglasses down and just, like, looks at him. Yeah, she doesn't buy it for one second. And then he's like, okay, it wasn't a big deal, but I'll tell you later. And so mm-hmm. she's like, okay. But I love also that she's like, you keep telling me you're going to tell me all this stuff later, but it doesn't happen. And he's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> then the next line, again, I know this was, I know this just was the translation, but I made, like, a little meme out of it because he says, do you want to do something tonight? And she says, let's get busy. <laughs> and I'm like, this is all we've been asking for. No, um, basically, she agrees. She does. She mm-hmm. says, yes, let's do let's do something. Um, but, you know, I know you're keeping silent about things and it's really bumming me out. And he mm-hmm. and I love it because he's like, the last thing I ever want to do is hurt you. Um, and she reminds him, don't forget, nobody can hurt me unless I let them. Like, yes. And they kind of laugh and they walk in together as a power couple holding hands and I love it. Yeah. So it's time for brunch and it's all just kind of happening. You know, F.A. is trying to bait Sarkhan a little bit and Perel doesn't want attention drawn to her and Engin and she's just – it's funny because her being so weird about it is drawing Mm -hmm. more attention to them than Mm -hmm. if she had just acted normal. (laughs) Yeah. And been – speaking out of the side of her mouth and trying to quiet Angan down and everything. So everyone just has issues this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one cute thing is F.A. stands up and he makes a speech talking about how thankful he is for everybody, how happy he is that they're all here. And he says something about getting to know his employees and he likes to to be friends with them and know them really well. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he says, oh, and then he says something about Serkan's magic, like his magic hands and mm-hmm. how he's able to work magic with all of this stuff. And Serkan's like, well, no, it's really everybody else. I don't have magic. And it's cute because Ada is like, you do have magic hands. I've seen it myself. And we get a little flashback to him. I know. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, please don't say that he has magic hands because that's not what we're thinking about. We're not thinking about <laughs> magicians. Yeah, we're definitely not thinking about <laughs> making necklaces appear and disappear when we think of Sercon's magic hands. Edda. <laughs> And we know you've seen those magic hands in action in other ways. So I mean, so look, you got to be <laughs> – when she said that, I was like, oh, really, Edda? You've, mm-hmm. you've seen his magic hands. And I'm almost positive that's exactly why they put a flashback in there to him doing the magic trick. Because Probably. to make it very clear to us that this was not an innuendo, but guess what? It's an innuendo. It's an innuendo. <laughs> You can't keep our brains away from it. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, we get more F.A. clearly trying to bait Oh, my people. gosh. Well, like, you know, he makes sure he and Edda get the same plate of, like, pancakes and unhealthy breakfast. Uh-huh. And you know what, though? I love this because when – Sarkhan's is in front of him and he's like, yeah, I didn't think about doing that for Sarkhan because he doesn't seem like someone who eats sugar. And I love that Ed is like, you know what? I wish I had his resolve and that I ate as healthy as him because it's really important. I love her protectiveness of him. She was also protective of him when they first walked in. I don't remember what F.A. said, but she did say something in defense of Sarkhan because F.A. even says like, oh, I see you're protective. Like, 
Yeah, and she ke- she's making it very clear that she's on Team Sarkhan mm-hmm. and that she is not going to be swayed by Mr. Charismatic F.A. Yeah. Because, guys, the charismatic ones are not always the ones that you should go for. So right. let's just remember that. Yep. So um, – and then F.A. – yeah, you kind of talked Jaren about – asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And Celine says sees them, and she gets upset that Jaren is talking to Farid. Oh and yeah, she's gets all her panties all in a wad, and mm-hmm. Pearl basically is like, "What's your damage?" Like she's she's the lawyer for the company. Why right. are you so focused on Farid? Uh-huh. So I appreciated that from Pearl. Completely agree. And then Jaren kind of extends an olive branch to him, and mm-hmm. you know, so things are good. And then Fa again makes a speech and is like, oh, I hope you all are so impressed by the plates I built for you because I basically saying like I've been enjoying getting to know all of you and customizing yeah. this for each of your personalities. And and I love it because he's like, um, you know, and he says, I'm really excited to see, again, the magic touch of Sircon. Mm-hmm. And he says, because I've been a fan of you for a long time. I hope I won't let him down. Anything you want to add? And then I wrote, and Sircon, Mike drops it because he I says – so much. He says, sure. He says, uh, to begin with, on behalf of everyone, we're grateful to you, F.A. Indeed, everything turned out great, but I want to correct you in something. I have no magic touch. I want to um, – unfortunately, I don't have magic hands. Mm-hmm. My magic touch is your – and he's looking at all of his employees – your talent and your hard work. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that's when it uh, makes that comment to him. Yeah. Um, and so, the, oh, that's – he's talking about how much he – F.A.'s talking about how much he likes getting to know the people he works with. This is later. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, yeah, I was reading the wrong screenshots. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I was like, wait, this already happened. Um, yes, getting to know them all. And this is when Sarkon says, so, it's important to you to get to know your colleagues? hmm And he's like, don't be angry, Sarkon. Um, he's like, I'm a straightforward person. I'm just – I just – enjoy getting to know them better by spending time with them. And he's like, well, in that case, let me make some recommendations to you. Hmm. When you address Layla, say, address her by name. She concentrates better because Layla sometimes has panic attacks. <laughs> and he says, put her all. She is the most hardworking, intelligent, and honest partner in the world. But her true dream is to be a singer. She has a wonderful voice. And this shocks everyone because Pearl's like, how did you even know that? And he kind of smiles. And then he says, and Angen. Angen manages four different construction sites, but somehow still knows how to have a life outside of work. I love that. And he says, and I like this. I like that he acknowledges Celine, but he doesn't go on waxing poetic about her. Yep. He just says, Celine, she's the number one you could have for PR. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he just kind of says Erdem's name and kind of like Poor Erdem. I felt bad. I felt so bad for him this whole latter half of the episode. I know because he just says Erdem and Engen's like, is my assistant. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so Efe's like, I got it. That's very cute. And he's like, but what about Edda? Mm. And this, he, <laughs> Serkan looks over at Edda with love in his eyes and he says, let that remain with me. Uh-huh. I just ugh, loved it so much. Also, I just want to point out, I Karam looks so much like a ginger in this episode, and he has like all this extra scruff, 
Like, I love the extra I scruff. love it so much. And even in the fragment for 15, it's even more so there. And I'm like, please don't get rid of it. Please don't get rid of it. I love it so much. Yeah, Anyways. have him be all scruffy and depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love a scruffy, depressed hero. <laughs> we really do. I know. <laughs> uh, so – Quickly, Aidan is stressed and she sends Safi to go talk to Ifair because she can't get a hold of anybody. Mm-hmm. So blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, and then Angin asks Serkan. He he kind of catches up with him and mm-hmm. he asks what happened because of his hand. Mm-hmm. And Serkan's like, I hit the table. And Angin's like, what do you mean you hit the table? But they get inter- they get interrupted uh, because, because- Serkan <laughs> – notices his clothes <laughs> and he's like uh angin you're wearing the same thing you wore yesterday he's like yeah what's a bi- so what's the big deal he's like and you mm-hmm. you kind of smell familiar like what uh-huh. is that womanly uh-huh. scent that i catch on you <laughs> i love it so much and he's like sarkon don't right now <laughs> like just don't I love it so much. And then <sighs> and then the cutest, sweetest little. Aww, I love it. It's because we just got reminded mm-hmm. of Serkan's magic hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those magic hands. So he goes up to Edda or does Edda can walk up to them? I don't even remember. They're back sitting at the table and he's okay. just kind of like looking at her like, uh – and he he's like, oh, you you got something. And he goes to like put her hair behind her ear and he whips around and mm-hmm. he has a little flower that he made appear. He does. And of course, she's smitten because how adorable. Uh, how stinking adorable. Um, and then be, uh, who gets up? Oh, Edda kind of notices Jaren's interactions with Thuri and kind of indicates to Jaren, yes. like, let's go. So uh-huh. they kind of head to the bathroom. Of course, Melo catches on, too, so <laughs> she follows them in. Yeah. And I like this because there was no mean talk. There was no gossip. It was just like, hey. I did, too. When did you and Thuri become, like, buddy-buddy? Like, what's going on mm. with that? And they just tell her, like, listen, be careful. Yeah. He just broke up with Celine. Yeah. And even Melo's like, yeah, and Celine really is a nice, wonderful person. Like, yeah. You know, so basically just like, please just guard your heart and be cautious with this. Yeah. And, you know, Jaren's like, we're just friends, blah, blah, blah. And they leave. But Celine was in the stall and heard all of it. Yeah. But so I was like, gosh, I'm so glad they weren't being like, you know, mean, mean or anything. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. Yeah, it might hurt to to be like, oh, Federit's like showing interest in someone else or whatever. But well, and and Jaren says, you know, he's cute. Mm-hmm. Like, so she doesn't necessarily fully acknowledge an interest, but kind of, right? She does. So I know the second they walked into the ba- that bathroom, I was like, check the stalls. You I know. Can, Come you on, you guys. Just- <laughs> That's the first rule of girl talk in a public restroom. Check yep. the dang stalls. Especially after Celine had just gotten up. Come mm-hmm. on, girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, so yeah. We get Safi going over to Ifair and uh, he kind of does some spying, essentially. Because mm-hmm. Ifair's going to go make some chai, but he says, no, 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 I'll do it. You're working anyway. So he goes in and he's like, forgive me, Ifair Hanum, because he starts – 
looking around in their house. Uh huh. But he sees Ada's room and he mm-hmm. sees the picture of Sarah Khan with a little heart and he calls Aidan. And it's interesting that she even sent him on this errand mm-hmm. because he doesn't even know what's going on. I know. She just wanted to know if there was trouble in paradise, which he basically is like, there's not. So everything yeah. seems good here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really it. So yeah. then we get more Federi and Celine because she wants to act like they're sharing custody of a child and like divide the work week and i love it because he's like no i am not doing this like this is ridiculous yeah and goodbye like mm-hmm. i'm gonna be here get used to it yeah and then celine winds up running into melo and i like this because she's like ed is really lucky to have you as a friend yes. like you're a good friend because melo defended her mm-hmm. um so then we have fa and Sercon again at the breakfast table yeah. F.A. starts to talk about how he wants in on the Eco Hotel. And Sarah Khan's like, yeah, no, that's an art life project that right. has nothing to do with the holding. Right. And it's Edda's project mm-hmm. on top of that. And he kind of turns to Edda for backup. And F.A.'s like, well, I just want to help her. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm sure you do, bro. Mm-hmm. And Edda does point out her inexperience and that F.A.'s work is impeccable and it could help her. Right. And of course – F.A. has this, like, cat who ate the canary look on his face after she says that, and it pisses me off. Yeah. I want to slap it off of him. And because you can see at this point, Sarkon's patience is wearing very thin. It is. And he tells Edda, listen, I believe in your ability to do this project on your own without yeah. anybody's help, which I do love. Mm-hmm. Um, Ferit butts in to say something, and Celine is like, yeah, maybe us small shareholders should just keep quiet. Mm. And he's like, okay, I'll let you big shareholders talk. And he kind of storms off. <laughs> and then F.A. goes into this whole thing about organic versus rules because Sarkon likes to follow rules and structure. And F.A. is more organic and um, and impulsive and whatever that's supposed to mean. And right. it's like, whatever, dude. And while that's all happening, Jiren checks on Ferry and basically encourages him, like, listen. Because he's like, maybe I'm just going to sell my shares and be done with this. And she's like, don't do that. Like – this is yeah. the first thing you've earned on your own, like mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with your dad or the hotel. And maybe she's projecting a little bit because we know she wants to do things based on her own merit. But I think that they can relate on that level. And I right. I really liked this because, first of all, it's good for <laughs> the people that we like in this situation. Yes. <laughs> yes. For Ferry to keep his shares so that yes. he doesn't get even more power. Correct. But – I do think that because of their similar background, they're mm-hmm. both in situations and careers where their family has already established something years before them and now right. they're kind of in the shadows mm-hmm. and they both are trying to make a name for themselves without the overhang, overarching effect of their parents. Right. So I felt like Jiren, of all people, was the best person to say this to Farid. Yes, I agree. So – Meanwhile, Peril's arguing with Sarkhan regarding F.A. Like, you know, it makes sense right. that he would help. Like, she's in favor yeah, of this. he's an expert. And she even asks Edda, like, well, what's your opinion? Mm-hmm. And Edda – thank you again for asking mm-hmm. the woman herself who who is in charge of this project what her opinion is. Right. So, you know, and she basically makes it clear she wouldn't hate working with him. Like, because mm-hmm. he is a professional. Basically, he is who she's, like – studied in school and who yeah. she admires as an, a landscape architect, which she wants to be. Yes. And so Sarkon basically is like, okay, we'll do what you want. And um, meanwhile, Ferret's trying to call some kind of truth 
truce with Celine, but she's like, yeah, no thanks. And he's like, well, then get used to me being here. Bye. Yeah. So Sarah Khan tells F.A., okay, let's hear your ideas, like, mm-hmm. for the project. Um, and F.A. starts right in. He basically wants to change the landscape, make it even more impressive. And right. he's like – Sarah Khan's talking about, though, how, yeah, well, maybe you're more into making things impressive, but I'm more into functionality. Yes. And F.A. lays out his plan – but Sir Khan essentially is like, look, this isn't – this meeting's over because this isn't meeting time. This is brunch time. We'll mm-hmm. figure this all out later uh, because F.A. is talking about what they've done and that they're just kind of missing one more step. There seems to be one – something that they're still needing to do. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he – as he's trying to make a visual diagram of it, he's using the centerpieces and – very purposely reaches across to take the flower from Edda that yeah. Sarah Khan gave her to be the something that's missing that he yes. adds to it. And honestly, like, I was just like, yeah, that was a jerk move. And you mm-hmm. know it, dude. Like, yeah, he totally and, did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Sarah Khan kind of starts twitching and is like, <laughs> like, listen, um, you know, he does his whole thing and – um, sorry, I'm a little behind on my screenshots. No, you're fine. So that's when he's like you said, he says, I think this meeting is over. We didn't come here for this, but for brunch. And FA's like, listen, you know how perfectly well, you know perfectly well how good I am at this business. And he said, Sarkon says, FA, you're not going to convince me of something on my own project. Uh-huh. And then FA says, Your project, isn't it? Didn't you just say it was Edda's project? Mm. And Edda, jumping in to defend her man, is like, that's not what Sarkhan meant to say. And then, oh, Sarkhan's like, actually, Edda, it is exactly what I wanted to say. And he's like, you know, I think we've done enough. I'm out of here. And he storms out. And Edda's like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Clear- and obviously, he's having a much different inner battle that is kind of feeding all of this. Um, right. And, right. you know, and he's – Yeah, because she is – I mean, how can she not be confused? Mm-hmm. Because he just pulled a flower out of her ear to be cute. And then now he's like, no, it is my project. I'm mm-hmm. leaving. So she chases after him. Right. And she says, what's going on? What's happening with you? I don't understand what's going on. And he, because he can't mm-hmm. express his feelings in this situation and because he hasn't told her the truth yet mm-hmm. he lashes out like a kid yeah. and he says you don't understand in fact i don't understand you why are you so good mm-hmm. i mean why do you have to be so good he's like you know just because i spoke to fa you're trying to break our relationship you're trying to have a good relationship with everybody why I mean, why are you trying to help my mom? So like, now yeah. he's like pulling stuff out yes. of the air. Uh-huh. Like, it's it. Oh, it's such like a it's such a little kid acting out to me where mm-hmm. they're upset or like somebody somebody who is mad and they're just like, what about this random thing that uh-huh. you did five years ago? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he's like, why are you bringing tea to my father? Uh and she's like, what's the problem here? <laughs> she's totally confused, mm-hmm. which, again, rightfully so. He says uh, – she says, because everywhere I notice, I find things that can be happy. And he's like, 
stop it, Ada. There's nothing like it. There's nothing to love in this life. There's nothing to love about people. My poor, like this was one of those things where I wanted to shake him so hard, but I, I know. also just wanted to hug him so tightly. Right. Because you can clearly see what his inner, um, he's like warring within himself. Like clearly yeah. he's not even remotely talking about this project. Right. And he, because he's has this self-preservation mm-hmm. and this self-consciousness that he's dealing with and this mm-hmm. anxiety that he's dealing with and yep. the fear of her walking away, he's like, she can't leave me. I'm going to leave her first. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push her away first. Yes. And she says, okay, then Sarah Khan, what do you want? What do you think? What should I do? Do you want me to change my outlook on life? Because I don't understand. Is that the problem? What should I do? Should I be like you? And he says, like me. And she says, unloving like you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, which is, you know, they're both angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now she, he's pushing her, so she's pushing back. Yep. And he says, Edda, you live in a dream world. Life isn't like that. Life is full of lies and evil. Oh. Your, your angelic behavior is in such a life infuriates me. Then she says, then go and find someone who won't piss you off. Oh, and, and he then, says, you're right, you're right. And so the best thing that's good for me is, is loneliness. loneliness. <sighs> My uh, Now, he went about this, you guys, in the entirely wrong way. But it, but seriously, I get it. I, yeah. I, it doesn't make it right. No, But I it absolutely 100% get it. Like, yeah. We've seen him over and over again saying Mm -hmm. that he doesn't deserve her, saying that she's going to be sick of him eventually, saying all of these things. Mm -hmm. There's no way he's not internalizing the robot stuff. There's no way he's not internalizing everybody calling him a workaholic and insensitive and the fact that his relationship with Celine failed Mm -hmm. due to the fact that she claimed that he was insensitive, Mm -hmm. but the fact is that they just didn't mesh anyway he's got all of these things weighing on him he's had all of these things coming into his little psyche Mm -hmm. ever since he was a kid and yep his parents left him and sent him off to school when his brother died there is all of this history and then on top of the fact that now he has this huge bomb that he hasn't dropped yet. Yes. And it's all just telling him, like, it's all just confirming all these insecurities that right. he's been carrying his entire life. And yep. so he storms off. Ed is left dumbfounded. And thank God for Ingen being out there, at least to comfort her a little bit. Right. And then we get lonely Sarkon at work that night in a waistcoat where his biceps are trying to break free <laughs> of the shirt he's wearing. I just had to point that out. <laughs> He's being very pensive. He's having all these flashbacks of his interactions with Edda starting from the get-go. Yeah. And Edda's kind of having the same thing on her terrace. She's having flashbacks. And mm-hmm. I said, they're just – they're filling our hearts with happy Ed Sarah scenes because they're about to completely oh. shatter them. Yeah. Because, you know, that previous scene where he storms off, I, I had written down that that, like, cracked my heart. And then the final scene is what actually, like, fully broke it. Broke it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Engen shows up like the good bestie he is. And mm. kind of tough love Sarah a little bit. And he basically says, listen, man, this is a friendly warning. You are hurting her. Mm-hmm. She does not deserve this. And yeah. even Sarah says, I know. And he says, you know, Engen says, of course I get it. You can't just say your father did this. And he says, Sarah says, Engen, to such a pure person, I 
I just can't tell – or he says, I know, you can't tell her. And he says, but Serkan, you're hurting her even more by not. Yeah. Because basically the way you're acting out because you have this information and she doesn't, you're hurting her even more. And he says, you're pushing her so hard because she has a good heart. And he says, today, do you realize you basically told her that you would rather be alone than with her? Yeah. And he's just – Serkan's just sitting there and he's like, and poor Edda doesn't understand anything that's going on. And Serkan is like, I know, I'll tell her. He says, I'll tell her everything. I cannot hide this secret. He says, this just can't be hidden and I'm not able to hide it. Um, you know, and he basically wow. is like, that's just not who I am. So we know that Serkan had every intention of telling her until a switch is flipped. Yes. Um, In this next scene. Yep. Because... We switch over to Jiren and Eda, and they're having some chai, and she's explaining to Jiren what happened, and the fact that Serkan didn't necessarily apologize, but he invited her out to dinner because he clearly regretted what he did and what mm-hmm. he said, and he's trying to make up, make things up with her. And she's like, and I love him so much, how can I say no to him? Yeah. So they were all ready to make things right, and he ha- – Walk, we see him walk up and he has a big, huge uh, bundle. And were those chrysanthemums? They were chrysanthemums. Okay. Which means uh, cheerfulness well, under adversity. And specifically, though, yellow ones mean slighted love. Okay. And also, yeah, condolences, like cheerfulness under adversity. So they felt very poignant. Yes. For this scene because uh-huh. he was going there with every intention to tell her everything. Yep. So he was going to pick her up and take her out, have a whole discussion. But he overhears. And it's interesting because at first I was like, there's no way this – like I was confused mm-hmm. because we only see the little snip, the one little snippet of their yes. conversation. Same, same, same. Where Ada is telling Jiren that she planted some of her mother's seeds mm-hmm. uh, at the office and that she told him about her parents and even about her grandmother. Because mm-hmm. we do a switch yep. over to Ada leaving and mm-hmm. there's a driver there suddenly mm-hmm. and Serkan is gone. Mm-hmm. So a driver picks her up and the, he has a little note from Serkan that says, I'm waiting for you where it all began. <laughs> Like what? And, what kind of extra uh, man? I know sends a driver and a sweet note to pick up his girlfriend when he's about to just like shatter her, destroy entire- her. Yes, Serkan, Serkan. Oh, so so then she gets in the car and leaves, and this is when we find out what he overheard. Yes. Um. Yeah, we flash back to what he overheard that basically she won't forgive anyone who has played any role in her losing her parents, no matter how big or small. So, you know, which kind of only confirmed what she said about her grandmother earlier. But him hearing her say that means, okay, there's no way she could forgive my family for what happened because they clearly played a role, maybe even bigger than grandma's role. Right. In what happened to them. So – you, that's when you can tell a switch goes off in his heart and his mind, and yeah. he's made up his mind as to what the best thing is um, to do. Yeah. Um. So, so she comes, and 
When she kisses the back of his neck and you watch his eyes like close, uh-huh. he looks like he is in such anguish. And, like, and then when she asks how he is, his eem, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, his voice like cracked mm-hmm. a little. You mm-hmm. can his his voice was all hoarse. Yep. Because he's not fine, honey. No, he's <laughs> not. Ada, he's not fine. Oh, so she's like, are you finally ready to talk to me about mm. whatever this problem is? Mm-hmm. And he says, yes, I'm ready. And she asks, why are we here, Serkan? He says, there's a topic that I want to discuss with you <laughs> on such an evening. Our relationship, which began with a contract at this place, I want to end it here. Oh. And she's like, end? He says, it's not working. I'm sorry, but it's not working. And she, rightfully so, says, uh, are you kidding me right now? Because mm-hmm. if you are, this isn't it's- funny, Sarkhan. He says, no, I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. And you know that. For me, career and work are the most important. And that's why I was like, that was such a low blow. He knew that would get to her because she had Mm -hmm. just told him Mm -hmm. that she would not stand in the way of that, that she would not get in the way of his work ethic and how important that is to him. Mm -hmm. This whole scene, I was like, tell her, tell her, tell her. And then to her, I was like, there's no way you can believe this. Don't believe him. You're smarter than this. Yes, yes. You need to replay every single last thing that he has been doing Uh up until then. He turned his phone off. He chased you to the mall. He Mm -hmm. he watched you and he bought you a dress because he saw you looking at it one time. He bought a house in Rome. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So he, you know, I'm like, I don't know if on. we need to go mm-hmm. over it because she's, she is just saying no, we like, don't. like we you don't. stood in front of me, mm-hmm. you did all of this stuff, you told me you love me. She's not believing him. He keeps saying it's over, it's not working, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Well, and then, ooh, that moment where she gets in his face. Well, because she, she says, stop saying, stop repeating the same thing yes. over to me. Because yes. do you notice... She's like, you said you love me. You said that he never denies no, that he, he loves her. He does not say, I don't love you because God knows that man would literally die for her. He's literally like, sh- he's slicing his own heart open for her right yeah. now. And, yeah. you know, so it's like he, there's no way he could deny loving her. And Gosh, he, his haunted freaking eyes in this scene. I know. Again, Karam, like, please let us interview you just so we can ask you how in the world you make this happen. Like, oh my gosh. it is so... Because I'm like, this is acting. This is acting. But it doesn't feel like it. He- yeah. Well, and mm. one thing he says that I think this is the one bit of truth is he says, if this relationship continues, I will lose everything. Mm-hmm. And I think he really, truly thinks that. Yeah. I think he really thinks that everything will just go to hell. Yep. If he keeps trying to pursue happiness for mm-hmm. himself for once in his life. Yep. Oh my gosh. And so she but you're right. she gets in his face mm-hmm. and she says cuz she doesn't believe him. Uh-huh. And she's like if you are truly saying that this is over, look in my eyes and say it. Mm-hmm. And he he looks like he's ready to split in half. Oh it's gosh. like he's literally gathering up every ounce of strength he possibly mm-hmm. can to mm-hmm. spit out the word bite. Mm-hmm. 
So add that to our list of trigger words. <laughs> get. Right. Get, get and bite. And bite. Because, and she, you know, and again, God bless her because you know she doesn't mean this, but yeah. she she does have her moment of like where she can't believe it. She covers her eyes. She's like crying. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. she turns to him and is like, well, then, if you want to end this where it began, I'm going to end it how I began too. Yeah. I hate you, Sir Combolot. Oh. And then she walks away. Now, okay, when I was watching this live, my initial okay. reaction, which anyone who was following me, I gave a live reaction and I was like, I literally was like, nope, nope, nope. Hashtag, not my Sercon. Hi, year. I refuse to accept this. Blah, blah, blah. Like, he, this is not him. And then- after I like sat with it for a few hours, I basically mm-hmm. was like, okay, here are my thoughts on that final scene. Mm. I really believe that he believes that this is the lesser of two evils. Yes. He believes it's better for her to think that he's the robot she initially believed he was than mm-hmm. for her angelic worldview to be shattered and yeah. have to relive her parents' death all over again. Yeah. Yeah. He's willing to live in this perpetual heartbreak of giving up the one person he's ever actually been in love with, the person who makes him better, the person he is willing to to move to another country for, the person who woke him up and brought him back to life and the true him to the surface, mm-hmm. than to put her through all of that. Yeah. He said how many times, how even just in this episode, we mm-hmm. it's countless, but just since the last several episodes, how unworthy and undeserving he is of her, how she's going to tire of him. He sees mm-hmm. he sees himself as someone who can be more easily gotten over than the death of her parents right. all over again. So basically like, yeah, she's going to be hurt and angry now, but I'm right. not I'm not worth enough that she'll get over it quickly. Right. He's thinking that she'll forget him easily, that mm-hmm. she'll get over it easily. Yep. This wasn't that big of a deal him being yep. in her life. It yep. was he's probably thinking it was temporary already in the first place. Yep. So he's sacrificing himself on that altar of her having this perspective. Yes. And so I basically wrote, like, uh, he's willing to suffer all of that in order to, in his mind, protect her. Mm -hmm. I said, it doesn't make it right, but it does make it very Sercon. And he's flawed, and his traumas have basically produced some serious self-worth issues. Yep. And – who, you know, because, of course, people were angry and all this stuff. And and I was initially, too, because the whole time I've been saying, tell her the truth, tell her the truth, tell her the truth. Yeah. But the more I think about it, the more this makes sense to who he is. Yes. And, you know, and so I just basically said, and who really wants a perfect character anyways? They're not relatable. No, uh, you know, we, we want someone who messes up and has to learn that he or she is absolutely worthy of love despite those things. So in yeah. conclusion, we still stand him forever. Um, yeah. You know, and it uh, – I just – Yeah. It's – and – but here's the thing. I think that they needed to go through something like this in – because mm-hmm. – and not that they haven't already been through a lot because really they have. Right. But this is going to be the big – these are going to be the two big, huge issues mm-hmm. that they're going to have to overcome in order – for their relationship to be stronger and it will be stronger uh-huh. and they will overcome it yep. because that is strength under adversity and because mm-hmm. of adverser- adversity is so much more – so much stronger and so much more worthwhile mm-hmm. than 
something that has never been tested. Yep. And so I'm Yeah, trial by fire. I exactly. Mean, the refining and, of the gold and yep. yeah. Yeah. So it was heartbreaking, obviously. Yes. And but I am excited to see how this all develops from here. Me too. And I'm excited to see how they are able to finally work through this stuff. Mm-hmm. I do want him to be the one who tells her ultimately. Okay, so you want that? Okay. So I I actually want Alptakeen to be the one to do it. Mm. Like I want him to see how miserable and broken his son is over this. And I want Alptakeen to step up and take the responsibility and go to her and just say like, listen, you and I don't know each other very well. Because they really don't. He hasn't really been a part of their relationship. Right. Um, Because even when it was fake and he thought it was real, he was at a distance because of his relationship with Sercon. But yeah, like I want him to be the one to tell her and like, and this is why he, you know, I, he thought he was doing what was best for you because he didn't want to put you through this again. Hmm. It also would be a bit of poetic justice if Idon were the one to tell her. I was just thinking of that too. To be like, hey, I realized the advice I gave him was terrible because my situation similar to that broke me and I don't want it to break you the same way. So I'm going to tell you something that goes against everything I Mm -hmm. like that's telling me to, but I'm going to tell you anyways. So I kind of want it to be one of them. As far as foreshadowing, I could see Alptekin doing it because Mm -hmm. as of now, he is – really on the side of their relationship and he's thinking that they can weather this storm Mm -hmm. and i could see him kind of pushing for it and being i I mean he was also saying (laughs) that he doesn't think they should say anything right uh so that would be an interesting turn of events for him to be the one who does it yes um yeah. Also, you remember how last week I was like, I'm not watching – I'm boycotting Fragments. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I definitely watched the Fragment for this next episode. <laughs> and you know what? We're going to – it, it's not going to be here by the time we're done recording, but um, MF Yapum just posted that they're giving us a Fragment tonight. Okay. So, uh-huh, so we're – by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll probably have been released, but we will not have seen that second Fragment. So I'm yeah. interested to see if any of our theories or things have mm-hmm. get maybe kind of confirmed or alluded to in it but yeah because um, as of now it looks like i was like oh we have another war <laughs> yeah okay so th- it's probably it's going to publish about 20 minutes from the time i'm speaking right now but because you know i set up the live watch um yeah the live watch post and i basically wrote in that live watch post like um okay guys we have some similarities here because son mm-hmm. would rather have john hated her <laughs> um yep then tell the truth about what was happening because, again, she thought she was protecting him because it's going to shatter his family. It's going to this. Um, and Sarkhan's doing the same thing for yep. Edda. He sure is. And um, didn't and again, didn't make it right when Sanem did it. Doesn't make it right when Sarkhan is doing it. But we right. get it. We get it. So I sort of feel like we're going to get some – like 16, 17 EK vibes in this upcoming episode 15 of Senchal Kapama. And I hope, if that's the case, that we get yet another parallel of Eda being like, oh, right, you're not in love with me? Ha. Yes. Sure, whatever you say. Yes, because I wrote, this is war. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this is going to be war. And we already know, based on the advice she gave Celine, that she's not going to back down because she gave Celine that same advice. So she's not going to hide away and like show that she's hurt because again, she only she's made it clear she only people can only hurt her when they let when she lets them. Yep. And so she's not going to let him. Nope. And I'm honestly here for that because yeah, I want to see him tortured with her presence so close to him and him not being affected by it. Yep. Let's him. get some forced proximity up in here. Yep. And her being <laughs> just blatantly in his face and mm-hmm. working and acting like she doesn't have a care in the world. Yep. <laughs> and I hope and then- she I hope she wears that blue dress. And Ooh, yeah. We need a babe walk in that blue dress or it'll be – or it needs to be the makeup dress for, mm-hmm. for when they make up or when he finally yes. admits. Yes. Um, yeah. But I'm hoping that the, the proximity of her still being there mm-hmm. and being in his area yep. and well, seeing and him – According will, to the summary, she's going to be working for F.A. now. Mm-hmm. So – Yeah. So – I want her to see how tortured he is. Yep. And she's going to be like, no, yep. he definitely is in love with me. Yep. And, and there's something else up. going on here. Yep. Yep. Because I, I wrote down, like, Edda, you're smarter than this. You mm-hmm. Once you get over this initial hurt and shock, not get over, but move past right, right, the right. initial hurt and shock. Yes. And you start to think about it, you're going to realize that something is up. She is. And she will. Yeah. So it, I really hope that we, um, get to a conclusion of this. We we find out from the summary that she is going to find out about her grandma and her aunt being the reason yes. for that scholarship, which I'm glad. But I also am like, okay, I want the truth to come out about her parents. One, because I feel like two and a half hours of angst is going to be enough for us to finally have earned that. Yeah. And two, the pragmatic side of me is saying, yeah, Fox, you suck and you could cancel us at any minute. So let's make sure we move this storyline along. For real. Um, and don't drag out this lie for a long time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm so, we recorded late this week. So I'm kind of excited that it's only a day away. Like, mm-hmm. and we're going to find out really soon. Like, yeah. like how this is all going to play out. Um, but yeah, so. Good stuff, though. I know. So I think it'll so be a good, good. I think it'll be a good episode. Well, and I feel like I'm in a bit, I was, I'll say this one last thing. Like, I feel like I'm in a much I don't want to say better place because that sounds a little dramatic, but like um, because when I watched like EK15, because Mm. this feels like the equivalent of that, Mm -hmm. I – and mind you, I could binge that. So I was able to watch 16, 17, 18, all of that right after, but I was like so torn up Mm -hmm. and like just shattered over that. Yeah. And I was able to binge through the next few episodes to get past it. This I can't, but – I'm actually, like, excited to live in the angst and, like I said, like, wound up being completely okay with the way this episode ended versus, yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, because, like you said, it's it's a necessary evil because we have to get through those valleys to, like, enjoy the – to the mountain. Yeah, to mm-hmm. enjoy the view from the top of the mountain. So, and yeah. that, we're just we're, – we're starting to barely climb out of that valley, I think, yep. it, this, this next coming episode. So, yeah. anyways, obviously, we'll have way more thoughts on that once we watch it. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. And we'll be back with that, of course, next week for you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. This is a this episode is longer than the mm. volume itself. So clearly we had a lot of thoughts. But uh, you guys know where to find us. We are all over social media. All the links and all of that are in the episode notes, as always. Um, follow our Central Kapama playlist on Spotify. I update mm-hmm. it every single week with uh, any songs from the show, along with our most recent podcast episode, because um, it seems like a lot of you guys are finding us that way. Hmm. which is very cool so anyhow um thank you guys for tuning in and listening for uh, listening to us for the last two and a half hours and uh until next time good to call <laughs>